Well, welcome into Tim's Corner Live. This is episode number 22. It's a little change of scenery for me, but it's still the same trio that we have. Tim Terry, Dylan Langell, and Denver Matchett. And Denver, we are coming off one hell of a night or afternoon, I guess. It's Speedway Miramichi. Get to talk to some of the guys that one went to victory lane. And uh, we're going to talk to Matt Martin as well to preview this weekend. I'm excited for this show. How about you? Tim, I'm pretty pumped up. That was, uh, like you said, quite the show on Sunday. Uh, Dylan, you missed out, but I know you had other businesses as, as the track owner that you are. And again, I apologize that we interfered with your date, but at least we both had sellout crowds. Um, but how about that trailer race? You know, I've never heard the crowd go as wild as what they went that day. Um, when, uh, like you saw in the video, Joey Petrie just sent it through Norm Robishaw's trailer. Uh, what a show. Uh, unbelievable, Tim. Yeah, I, I'm pretty happy with everything. Barry is, is absolutely over the moon as well. I, I can tell you that that was our best show on Tim's Corner TV outside of the Remax 250. Uh, so everybody enjoyed it. I want to thank everybody for, for watching that they did on, on Sunday. And you can go and check out the on-demand on timscorner.tv and maybe get us a little bit closer to that uh, Remax 250 mark that we set last year for us. But Dylan, how was your uh, weekend sitting at home watching your, your racetrack run? I'd rather be at Speedway Miramichi. I'll tell you that much. Uh, the inside joke, folks, is that I bought a share into Nashville Super Speedway and Dover International Speedway Raceway. So minority owner, we had a great weekend. I mean, Kyle Larson completely dominated that race, but I was uh, multitasking watching the Miramichi event on Tim's TV. And we had some company over here on Sunday and they were playing board games. And I said, you got to stop for a second. You, you got to watch this trailer figure eight race and they said what the heck is that so i'd explain to them what a figure eight race was and then add in the trailers on the back my word i was hoping we'd see some destruction norm wasn't camping in that sucker at the end of the race right <laughs> no no and dylan what was missed on the uh, tim's corner broadcast because it came out of nowhere dawson cripps who hauled his trailer in reverse i might add he called Barry up right before and said, uh, I lost some of my gears. Can I weld a hitch onto the front of my car and drive it in reverse? And Barry said, absolutely, yes. Um, so he ended up breaking about two or three laps into it. So Barry and Doug took the Punisher and went through that trailer. I saw the aftermath. I saw how the Punisher, the Punisher looked like it was in a wreck on the highway. Oh, yeah. That, that's what happens when we let Barry and Doug get behind the wheel. <laughs> it was... Hey, you know what? And you had a great crowd too. I mean, gosh, sellout crowd on a Sunday afternoon. Can't beat that. It's great to see New Brunswick doing great things with the racetrack so far this year. And you guys are open. We all kind of know the situation we're in here in Nova Scotia. Fingers crossed. Plans don't change two seconds before things actually happen. And hopefully we can all be together in a few weeks here. Well, I'm hoping I'm hoping I can at least come home, boys. No, you're banned. We 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 already we let them know. You got to stay there. Sorry. Listen, they need if they need help uh, clearing that blockade. I know someone who could probably help, and it's Joey Petrie. Yeah, well, you look at the you just talked about the Punisher. Uh, Doug might be available uh, if we absolutely need it. But uh, yeah, I'm hoping that that this June 30 date that Ian Rankin teased today is is going to be more of the uh, more of the flavor. But we're going to be here this weekend for sure. Uh, for those that are in Nova Scotia, Dylan, we got the uh, the call yesterday. Scotia Speed World is opening with no fans on July 2nd. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So the, the weekly racing series brought to you by Car Stars is going to be back. So Thunder Division, Lightning Division, Bandos, 
the sportsman division all back on Friday nights, legends too. So that is very exciting. A little bittersweet with no fans, but Hey, got to start somewhere. And uh, I know a lot of Nova Scotia drivers have been gearing up, getting ready for this season. So Friday, July 2nd, let's hope to God it doesn't rain. Cause that's how Nova Scotia works. And I actually, I spoke to Ken Cunning a little bit earlier today. We are hoping to have an announcement for you guys next week. As long as the border reopens, I just, I can't give you any more other than that, but uh, excited to, for all the Scotia Speed World drivers that are going to be able to, uh, to go racing uh, next Friday night. And uh, you got to believe that all the Nova Scotia tracks are chomping at the bit to, to get going with, with public health and getting that approval uh, to get going. But let's talk about New Brunswick because that's where we are. And that's what we're starting with this evening. We're starting with Speedway Mayor Machine and Denver. Let's introduce our first guest, a guy that uh, won his first race in the Bomber Division last weekend. Tim, it wasn't just his first win in the Bomber Division. It was his first stock car win overall. And it's been a long time coming for this driver, a, a fan favorite from Renews. Anyone from Miramichi would recognize him. Uh, Tyson Donovan, he has driven everything from the Dukes Division to uh, mini stocks, to street stocks, to modifieds. Sitting home now in the bomber division, and he uh, he's looking strong. He's for the first time in his career leading the points, and he's coming off his first feature win. Tyson, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys, man. I really appreciate you just having me on here. So let's get right down to business. Father's Day Sunday, it rained on Saturday. Speedway Mirror, she is sold out, and uh, you uh, start on the pole and you uh, drive to victory. How did it feel to get that first win? Oh, it felt unreal, to be honest, after all these years. Uh, it's nerve-wracking being on pole. I don't think I ever – I think I started one mini-stock race in pole. And uh, believe me, I was talking to myself the whole time. I was like, man, hit your marks. I was looking in the mirror, and fortunately, like Mark Kingston, some of the big guys hit, run into trouble. So I was looking, and then, like I said, Adam Plore got up pretty close to me, and I couldn't catch him in the heat race, so – then the caution came out, and I was like, oh, crap. And uh, But he had wore his tires out running me down. And, uh, yeah, lucky I just hit my marks. And, like I said, when I saw the checker flag, it was a long time coming. <laughs> Absolutely. And you, you had a lot, like you said, a lot of tough guys in your mirror. Adam really put the pressure on, but then, you know, he had that tire issue. Uh, coming on the end of the race in your mirror was uh, Jonathan Dixon. Uh, you know, and we all know the story with Jonathan in May ended up on his roof in, in the feature. So, uh, you know, a great run for him, but, uh, you know, it's a tough class. And not only, like we said, did you win the race? You're now leading the points. Uh, you know, you're on top of the world right now, I guess you could say. Well, yeah, like I told you before, my goal this season literally was just to maybe get a podium finish and try to snag a heat race. So like, I didn't plan on running for points. I just wanted to show up and basically, in order to run for points, you just have to be consistent, show up every race and finish every race. And that was my goal for the year, but now the pressure's on already. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so you won the race. We're going to look ahead briefly before we look back. Um, yep. Firecracker 50 in July. And I know that's a race that has a lot of meaning to a lot of people that uh, shares a name with the sportsman race that, uh, you know, a driver that I'm sure we're about to talk about a little more. Kim Hollihan has a win in it. Ray McRae. Uh, Brad Mann, Kirk Jardine, lots of drivers have won that race. Now it's a bomber race. First time you guys are going to run 50 laps. Uh, are you going to feel any pressure for that race? Uh, what are you expecting? Yeah, I still think I'm down the totem pole a little bit in the class for pressure-wise, but 
Um, I got a plan, and if I can save some tires and keep the car on the lead lap, hopefully I'll be around at the end. And like you said, Kim won it, I think, 92, 93 or something like that. I was a little kid, but I do remember it, so I'd love to win it. Let's talk about the tires before we uh, talk about the start of your career, because for those who don't know Speedway Miramichi, it's uh, the asphalt's 53 years old. It's rough. It's kind of like a cheese grater. So, uh, you know, being on the track with that type of surface, um, you know, describe to other drivers who have never been to Speedway Miramichi or the fans what it's like out there. It's rough. Like you said, there's no doubt that anyone that comes to Miramichi is always either complaining about wearing tires too quick and it's just kind of a part of coming here. You got to realize that you got to save. I know some of the cars in our class, like the Nissans are the strongest cars, in my opinion. They're super good in the heat race because they don't wear their tires. And that's my only hope in a long distance race is that you can try to push those guys to burn their tires up. So let's talk about uh, your start in racing. I think you said you've been around uh, in some capacity behind the wheel for about 13 years now. So take us back. How did you get your start in uh, racing in Miramichi? Well, I come from a long line of people that raced. So I go way back. I'll make it short. But my grandfather was a Hallahan from Renews. And his brother, last day raced. And then when Les decided to hang it up, they got Kim to race their car for them, which is their nephew. So I grew up as a kid in Kim's garage, Kim and my father, best friends. So that's what got me hooked into racing. And down the road, fast forward to like the early 2000s, Kim got back into racing. And Tommy and the rest, some of the boys got into four-cylinder racing. And then me and my brother started demos, I think, 05. And we competed in two or three demos, did that until 08 or 09, and I bought my first Duke's car. And that was, uh, Timmy Vickers had an old street stock, and I bought it and for 500 bucks and put a motor and transmission in it and went racing. So from growing up at the track as a kid watching Kim race, I know we touched on the Firecracker 50 win, but is there any other highlights, moments, maybe not necessarily even with Kim, uh, that you remember from the track? What stands out in your mind from that time frame? Well, I think when Kim came back racing in the early 2000s, he had probably the dominant car here in Miramichi at the time. And, uh, and then Tommy had his four-cylinder car and won a track championship with it. And they were basically a one-car garage. The sportsman car was in it, and the four-cylinder was in the driveway. And uh, I remember just going with him and either here, Blue Mountain, and uh, a couple times, I know we went to Blue Mountain one day, and Kim won Grand Slam and Tommy Grand Slam. So I remember it was pretty fun times back then. I want to talk some about your street stock that you built in the uh, right when Jason bought the track. But first, I'm going to uh, pass the floor over to Dylan. Dylan, uh, what do you got for the uh, Bomber feature winner? Man, well, Tyson, congratulations on the win. I had a blast watching it on Tim's Corner TV. And uh, you were talking about Adam creeping up there. I mean, he had some bad luck that first race back in May, got the car all fixed up and he looked competitive and he would be close to Jonathan. He would pass him for a bit, then fall back, then catch right back up. Were you watching the mirror quite a bit or were you really focusing on what was ahead of you in that race? To be honest, between the first race and the last race, my mirror broke. So I got a piece of Lexan, which I got to thank Jason McCollum 
because he donated to me clear sight auto glass. But I didn't have time to put a mirror on the car. So all I had was my two side mirrors. But yes, I was watching because I knew sometime they were going to come like a battle of hell. And uh, like I said, John's car for building a complete car in about three weeks, his car was super competitive. And I knew Adam, the boys were talking in practice that it was probably the fastest car there that day. And uh, I saw him coming, but like I said, luck was on my side, I guess. Did you have a little sigh of relief when you were seeing the smoke come off the tire? Yes, for sure. <laughs> I don't <laughs> lie. Cause we get up, when we restarted in the heat race, he kind of screwed up the turn. I got underneath him and it wasn't no time he got around me. So I was like, I don't know if I have much for him today. And uh, same as a few other guys, Mark and Jacob, and them, they all had bad luck and they're all fast. So I guess sometimes in racing you need luck. I had a lot of bad luck over the years, so I'll take the luck when I get it. And there was a few cautions at the end, too, and a lot of slower cars really towards the end. It kind of seemed like some of the other bombers were putting around the track, maybe just trying to collect as many points as they can. Did you have a tough time getting around them also while focusing on Adam and Jonathan catching up to you potentially? Uh, yes and no. I know uh, a lot of them were battling like limp mode issues. Their cars went in. The, I know Samantha Blakely's car. She has a good car in it. And uh, Justin Munn and them. So I understood that they weren't on pace. So, I mean, coming up to them. But we had a pretty good driver's meeting. Denver was in. And he really emphasized on if you're getting lapped, just to pick a lane and just run it. And they did a real good job, to be honest. Awesome stuff. So, Denver, before I throw it back to you, I know Tim's uh, doing some stuff in the – Kind of focus on social media, but I can see here uh, we've got Brent Patterson watching. He always checks in, and he's wondering, Tyson, about the Bomber cars, and it's a newer division to Speedway Miramichi, different name, kind of like a hobby stock, right? Maybe just a little scale back up from a demo. What exactly is a Bomber, and what kind of a car can you race in the Bomber division? So the Bomber division is any front-wheel drive V6 car, four-door and it has to be under 250 horsepower. And uh, they did grandfather the two-door Monte Carlos because they're the same weight as the four-door. And basically, that you just need to put a four-point gauge in it. And everything's supposed to be stockish. There's, It's a really cheap way to get into racing. And like I said, we have, I think, 20 cars already been at the track between the two races. So it's super fun. The boys joke and jab at each other and we have a great time so but it's super competitive everyone there wants to do good so it's fun what kind of a car are you driving tyson i'm driving an 03 camry toyota camry and uh it's it's a good car because but they're about 210 horse and the nissans run about 249 so there's a little bit of difference there and uh but it's apples and oranges sometimes as if like the Toyotas can handle through the turns and Nissan's pull power down straight away. There's also a lot of guys have Impalas and Buicks. And it's just like I said, the cheap way to get into racing. It doesn't have to be expensive to be fun. I mean, those races I've watched in person and on Tim's corner TV, they're a blast. Uh, Demer will throw back to you and I guess kind of dive into what how Tyson really got into real, real big-time racing here at Miramichi. 
Well, first, Dylan, before we do that, we got on the screen here, Tyson, uh, I believe this is the heat race battle with Adam leading you. And you mentioned the drivers like to joke around. I think there's no one, uh, and I hope he's watching, no one that's more fun to uh, pick on than Adam Plourd. So what's your best Adam Plourd joke uh, you can throw at him or, or, you know, maybe tease him a little bit, seeing as uh, you took the win on uh, Sunday. I guess you won the feature, but he's just a heat race hero or something. (laughs) Well... In our chat before, I was telling the boys that I was trying to light my car up as light as possible to keep up with the Nissans. And uh, Adam said, lighten it up all you want. You won't be able to beat me anyways. So, <laughs> a little payback there. So that aged poorly, Adam, and I hope you're watching. You know, We like to, as Tim would say, we uh, kid poke. because we care. Poke um, the bear. Poke the bear, yes. Stir the pot. Yes. So Tyson, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but uh, Jason Carnahan buys Speedway Miramichi in 2012, uh, and uh, you built one of the nicest street stocks I would say we ever saw, one of the most recognizable ones. So uh, tell us about, uh, I guess, 2012, 2013, that the track reopens, Jason does a bunch of improvements, and uh, you're hauling this uh, badass-looking street stock to the track every week. So a couple years prior, I had run a Duke's car, and then we were getting to like 15, 16 cars in the Dukes class and like Brad McLean, Joel Clancy, Nathan Dean, Doug Lott, like it was a stacked field. And then when Jason, the rumbles, when he bought the track, he wanted to push us to a street stock class. So uh, my Dukes car weren't uh, competitive to go to a street stock. So I decided that I was going to build a street stock and it was kind of ahead of its time because I dug an old sportsman chassis that Kim had out behind his house. And uh, I had got approval at the time to be able to run it. And my neighbor, Robert Dunman, who legit built the full car for me, because I didn't really know what I was doing at the time. Uh, we were sitting there one day and we were trying to figure out a body to put on it. And I love like the two-door Malibu cars. That's kind of my, or the Nova, but we couldn't find any. And the guy sitting in, there with us just he said I got a old Chevelle up in the woods and we kind of laughed like we didn't believe him so we get on actually like four-wheelers and drove up here sitting in the woods with a 66 two-door Chevelle that he had drove in and threw the keys down through the woods 28 years before that so that's how I got that body and uh, me and Robert took the cut torches went up cut the body off the frame and put it on my four-wheeler trailer and drug it down and spent the next couple months putting it together. And I think it turned out pretty good. Uh, there's not too many of them kicking around on the street stock class. It certainly wasn't an iconic looking car. And uh, how many years did you have that for? It must've been four or five years that you uh, yeah, ran that Yeah, three or four for sure. It went through, uh, it was orange and yellow and then it was white and red. And then I had the smoky unit colors there for kind of a season and a half. And in that time, so you were running the street stock some, but uh, I remember you also dabbled a, a few times in the demolition. And, uh, you know, this was on Sunday, you got your first stock car win, but uh, you did win a demolition back in the day uh, around 2014, I think. Why don't you tell us a bit about uh, your, uh, I guess, big win in the demolition? I think it was at a spooktacular or something. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Uh, Friday night, I was down to Buddy's garage and they, uh, He's like, you're not building a demo car? And I said, no, I haven't in a while. And he literally picked up the phone. He called Kirk Chase Green. You know Kirk. And Kirk had a little Ford Escort for sale. And he said, I'll sell it for like 250 bucks. So we literally at midnight Thursday drove down. 
and Kirk threw me the keys and I drove it home. It was still inspected till the end of the month. So I got up Friday morning, I called in sick to work and I took the car legit and got my groceries with it Friday morning. And then I brought it back to my buddy's garage and uh, worked on it all day and night. And then whatever reason they couldn't be around Saturday. So I literally packed it up and went to the track by myself. And uh, my little cousin Riley met me there. And like I said, my parents didn't show up. My parents and family are pretty regular goers to the track. And that's the first time they didn't show up. It's the first time I ever won anything. So like I said, it, it, it was a lot of luck because it was a smash to pass. And then the last final cars and I kind of just stayed a little trouble to save my car in the smasher pass. And then when we got down to five or six cars, everyone else was broke all up. And uh, I had a fair advantage on them. So I was lucky to win. And I literally walked out of there, I think with 1500 bucks. So it was a good day for me. That's not bad for a $250 car for sure. Car, no. And then the scrap guy gave me like 150 bucks for a car. There so, you go. Uh, we are live with Tyson Donovan, winner of the Bomber feature on Sunday at Speedway Miramichi. Uh, drop a comment, drop a congratulations, uh, let us know you're watching, uh, and we all want to keep Tim and Dylan busy. I see Matt Martin's in the waiting in the wings, got some comments, and uh, we're pumped to have Matt Martin coming up. But uh, Tyson, to keep going with your career, uh, shortly after, you know, I think you might have had a little bit of a break, but then you uh, ended up in a mini stock for a year or two. Uh, why don't you tell us how you got, uh, you know, you go from the dupes and, and the street stock and a few demolitions and then uh, end up in the mini stock. Well, to be honest, my heart's still in a street stock. It's my favorite type of racing. And I, I love that they have a distinct look to them. And uh, I just really couldn't afford to race. I just use money on my own pocket, basically. And uh, after going so long and not being able to kind of compete just money-wise, I gave it up for a bit. And then I took a bad itch one summer. And uh, I think it was Michael Savoie had an old prelude. And I think I paid like 800 bucks for it. And I knew it was going to be a uh, back-of-the-pack car, but I just wanted to get out and get that itch off. So I did that for a summer. And then that got me even bigger itch. So I tried to build a new street stock and that's the one I had built in Chris's garage and it was beautiful I had found an old Nova body and uh but I was like five grand into it without a motor transmission and then the way the tires were going at the time I just realized I couldn't afford to compete so I got rid of it and got into the modified so let's talk about that that was the next jump for you and uh, you know you talked about watching Kim race and you end up racing alongside Kim in the modified class. And then guys like Zine Dutcher, Eve McRae, Doug Matchett. Uh, what was it like your, uh, your couple years that you got to uh, dabble in the modifieds? Uh, it was kind of a dream come true, to be honest. I was just happy being out on the track with those guys. If you look at the modified field, it's stacked full of good drivers. It's legit. And uh, just like I said, to be running with them, my goal was just try to keep up. And uh, I did at times. And like I said, I had super bad luck. And uh, last year, it was the first year I had put some money away. And I took it to Steve's garage and literally did it from the frame up. And I no money was spared and rebuilt the engine and 20 laps practice and the engine blew up on me. So, I mean, like, 
it was just, I got to a point where I couldn't afford to put another $3,000 motor into it. So I had to part ways, I guess. Definitely. And, you know, that's the unfortunate part of racing sometimes is that cost. And, uh, you know, I guess that's where the bomber class comes in to bring this full circle. But first, I want to ask you about, uh, I guess, one particular night in the modifieds. And you had a pretty good run going, but uh, I believe it was the modified 50 in 2019. Things kind of uh, ended for you. And, uh, you know, I guess they say uh, if you can't, uh, or something like if you can't win the show, be the show. And you uh, really went up in a blaze of glory, I guess, yes. going into turn three. I didn't know. See, that car, I put everything brand new on it. So I wasn't expected for mechanical failures, but somehow my transmission line split. It was brand new and it was pouring transmission, blew it out. And the modifieds have the open headers there. And then my battery was still up front. So I could smell it, smell it. And for some reason, we had thought it was a just a head, not a head gas, but a valve pan gasket was just dripping down. And everyone was like, oh, I'll be fine. And I could smell it. And it just started, smoke started creeping into the cab or the cockpit. And I said, like, okay, I got to pull off. And before I got off, it was just a ball of flame up over me. And I panicked so bad that I ripped the weld off my uh, window net. I couldn't, I just snapped, pulled it right clear. And uh, got out. And luckily, the crew was right there. And we got the fire out. And it did minimal damage. But, man, it scared me for sure. I remember that. That was. Uh, I think it scared everybody. I think one of the drivers has a, a GoPro footage of uh, them driving down the backstretch, and all you see is the ball of flame. And I think they almost stuff it in the wall. They uh, they got so uh, you know caught them off guard. But uh, let's bring it full circle, Tyson. You know, you you've dabbled in so many cars. You you've kind of found a home in the bomber class now. How has all your experience, whether it be from you know street stock and Dukes and mini stock and modified and demo, how has that helped you to get to where you are now? a bomber feature winner, the bomber points leader here in uh, 2021. Well, the old saying is, you, you know, you can't run too many laps on the track. And I know over the last 12 years, I put on a pile of laps. I even hot lapped Kim Sportsman car a handful of times, hot lapped other people's cars. And uh, I understand our track. I Well, I, and like I said, I did go to Petty. It was the only other track I ever raced at, but, in the bomber division, it's sometimes you can't expect what the people are going to do because some guys are new to the racing scene. So it does make it interesting when you're racing against them because you're like, okay, most veteran drivers would do this and you don't know if they're going to do it or not. So it is fun and it's challenging. And like you said, it's competitive. I've been in lots of cars and like you said, this is probably the most fun I had for the minimum any racing's not cheap i don't care what anyone says but it's the best bang for your buck if you really enjoy being out the track and being competitive and that's my goal since i started racing was just to be competitive and it's absolutely. kind of fallen into place a little bit there now absolutely and you know you i mean it, it showed the work the effort and you put a lot of time in it over the winter too and uh, that stuff really pays off you know races are one of the shops and uh you know, I want to ask you about that, that the paint scheme on the car. It's uh, I think it's a, a Sterling Marlin throwback. What kind of inspired you to, uh, to throw the Coors Light silver bullet scheme on it? Cause it, uh, it sure is a bullet out there on the track. It's fast. A little sound like a broken record, but Kim's car was painted that way in the early two thousands when he got back into racing. And that's probably the most wins I saw him personally win with that car. 
So I said, if I had a hope in hell of carrying a flag, I said, I want to paint it like that car. And the car came that color, which was a big reason. It was a silver car, but that's my biggest reason for painting it that color. And I love Coors Light too, so. <laughs> Can't go wrong with Coors Light, eh, Dylan? Have they sent you a 2-4 yet for the win, Tyson? No, that's what I was hoping. I even got T-shirts and stuff. I said, sooner or later, I got to get some merch. Got to tag them in, like, Instagram posts or something. Like, at Coors Light Canada. I'm sure you'll be able to get a 2-4 here soon. Denver, anything else? Well, Tyson, uh, I want to ask you about the figure eight trailer race on Sunday. You, you stuck around for it, eh? Yes, I did, yeah. So uh, you've been you've seen a lot of crazy stuff at Speedway Miramichi. Uh, what did you think of that figure eight trailer race? I, I personally, I enjoyed it big time. Um, I almost, when I left there, I said, I got to build a car and a trailer for next year. And that's saying something because a lot of us older guys, we torment, say we don't have the gonads to race in the demos anymore like we did when we were younger, but it was pretty cool. And I liked the, the concept of it to try to smash other guys' trailer. You know what I mean? I wasn't a big fan growing up in the figure eights because back in our day, guys would shove you through the circle if you slowed down. So you had to go. But yeah, it's it was, I think, the crowd's reaction. Like I said, when Joey went through the camper, it's hard to beat that really for entertainment. Let's talk about that crowd just quickly. You know, it was a sellout crowd. When was the, you know, we've seen some good crowds lately. Um, uh, what's it mean through all the highs and lows um, to uh, to see crowds at Speedway Miramichi that big again? Oh, I love it, man. Uh, through the years when the track was kind of going down and up and uh, like me, it's my favorite passion. So my number one priority is want the track to succeed. And uh, demos is the huge part to our track. There's no denying it. And it draws the crowd. And to see it revamp last year through COVID, it makes us racers, you know, makes us want to go in the garage and build our cars faster because instead of being 300 fans, there's 2,000. You know what I mean? So I'm glad for Barry. He put his time in and he had some rough years and now it's paying back. And I hope the track's around forever. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, Tim, you, you hanging in over there. I know you're at another track tonight. Uh, how are you making out? You know what? The one thing I did not miss about this racetrack is, is the sun sets off of turn four and they don't have the, uh, they don't have any shade in the tower yet. So I'm getting a lot of glare. You can't see it on the camera, but there's a lot of glare coming off of turn four. So, uh, uh, for those that are racing on Saturday night, the sun sets around 830. Uh, keep that in mind. We are live and interactive on social as well. So be sure to drop us a question, drop us a comment. Mark Kingston is in here uh, saying, great job, Sunday, Tyson. Hope you've got lots of tires for the Firecracker 50. So are you prepared for that? Oh, I am. Yeah. Me and Mark had a big say after it. Like I said, he got a fast car and he really kind of set the pace for the rest of us. But um, I'm going to give him all I can give. That's for sure. I just pray the car holds together. That's that's my number one hope. Brandon Campbell is watching, and uh, he actually was a part of our crew. He was a part of the, the track crew on the weekend as well. He was also supposed to drive a race car on the weekend. Uh, he asks, why did you choose the number 63? He thinks 99 would be a better option. So why did you choose the car number that you have? Well, to be honest, back in the day um, – me and my brother had two different demo cars. My favorite number was nine, but it was so popular back in the day that we just picked random. And I was 62 and he was 63. And then eventually down the road, we drew a name of a hat 
because we just shared one car. So we became 63. Now, a pretty cool story. He played hockey for the Moncton Wildcats. And when he was there, they were going for the Memorial Cup, and he ordered new jerseys in. And he ordered his jersey 63. But before the season started, he got traded to PEI, and Brad Marchant came and took his jersey. So Brad's 63. Yeah, there you go. It's a, it's uh, a neat little story the way it comes full circle, right? Yeah. So I just kept it over the years. And uh, I was going to change it because I had such bad luck. <laughs> but I stuck by it. Well, maybe that's what Brandon needs. Maybe Brandon needs to change his number to 63 because I don't even think the car went to the racetrack on the weekend. So it's something about a distributor problem. He called this, that, and the other guy. So if you have a distributor for whatever year his Honda Civic is, get a hold of Brandon Campbell because he wants to eventually go racing at some point this year. It might not be soon. But uh, Denver, you mentioned that Matt Martin is watching. He's going to be up a little bit later on. Riley Harris is going to be joining us in just a few moments time as well. I want to thank Brent Patterson and uh, everybody that's watching, uh, Angela Newman, we got Nathan McLean, Gary Goodwin, uh, Betty McCoy, uh, Janet Healy. Uh, great to have our folks from Newfoundland watching us as well. Tanya Everett, uh, one of our photographers that uh, takes care of a lot of our photos from around uh, New Brunswick is watching as well. Uh, Samantha and Timmy Blakely uh, commented on the uh, Miramichi side saying there was two Toyotas on the podium on Sunday. So uh, you guys seem to have it uh, figured out. Nancy Hollihan Sturgeon, Ryan McKnight watching as well and Martha Borg. So don't be afraid. Hit us a like, drop us a comment and hit that share button. Let your friends know uh, you're watching some bench racing here this evening. And uh, uh, we've got Matt Martin coming up. We've got Riley Harris coming up and, and uh, boys, this has been a great conversation with Tyson. I've been, in, I've been sitting back uh, writing the press release for, uh, for Saturday here at 660 and enjoying this conversation. You guys carry on. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's different tonight. Tim's, uh, you know, a little camera shy. It's all right. Well, Tim. I, 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 I will say this, and, and you guys know as well as I do, that the last couple of years we've been to Speedway 660, the internet situation hasn't been exactly the greatest. Uh, we've been toying with the idea of doing some live broadcast. The plan is to do some live audio coming up on Sun or on Saturday here uh, from the Gary Woods, but... This is more of a, a test connection sort of deal for us trying to figure out where the internet is and where it where it's strong and where it drops and how consistent it is over a Wednesday evening, obviously, when you put a bunch of people into this uh, facility and it starts to wear on the cell structure and everything else, it, it might change a little bit. But uh, it's more of a test for, for me so you don't see the, the glitching robot-looking face on the screen all the time. So uh, that's usually how I look half the time anyway. But uh, you, you boys carry on. That's the beautiful part about Speedway Miramichi is uh, fiber up internet can't beat it. Um, but Tyson, uh, you know, we've kind of talked about the firecracker 50, but uh, you know, 50 laps seems like a lot to some people. Uh, we're going to throw a hundred laps at you um, at the end of October. Uh, no points on the line. This is, this is kind of like a, an endurance race. Uh, you know, it's not no intentional contact, but there's also not really any yellow flags uh, halfway break at lap 50 and uh, draw for position. And, have at her, have some fun, and see who can complete 100 laps first. What do you think of that? It's interesting for sure. Uh, there'd be a lot of, like you said, you'd have to have a plan for that one because our cars barely get through 30 laps without chewing the tires up. And when you talk basically twin 55s with minimal stop, I don't know, it's going to maybe throw the car up in the drive and, just kind of run the first half of the race and try to stay on the lead lap if you can. I think, I don't know. I don't know if I do not think my car can go on the floor for hundred laps. 
They got 300 and some thousand on him. I'm kind of scared. You'll be on the cords for sure. There'll be no rubber left in your tires. Not a chance, eh? So It's um, fun, though. It should be a blast. I'm, I almost want to get my own car for that one and tell Barry to find someone else to flag it uh, and see how that one goes. Dylan, I bet you want one, too. I would love one. But I, I got a question, though, about, about the tires and when they wear out Tyson, especially on a front-wheel drive bomber car. What do you feel as a driver when Miramichi is just chewing those suckers up? Most of the time in these cars, that it's a, your front right takes the, the beating most. And once it starts to wear, you just push up in the turn and you can't get back on the gas. You can't drive in this deep and you'll see guys eventually just fading back because they can't get around the turn and uh, they can still power down straight away, but the turns really what gets you. What else can you do to prepare a car like that for like basically twin fifties and, and that break, how important will that be to fix something? What can you do to make your car last the entire time? Maybe without maybe getting wrecked by accident. See so far I've been putting basically running a tire for the feature and then putting a new tire on, not a new tire, but a new to me tire. They're about, you can get $25, $30 you pay for a tire, but my plan, like, both features I raced in, I put a new tire on for that feature, praying that I can get to 30 laps in. But after the one that just went by, I think I can get 50 of that tire because it didn't wear as much as I thought. But at the same time, I didn't have to battle through the pack. And when you battle through the pack, you wear it a lot quicker. Would that tire pass a safety inspection for real <laughs> not, life driving? Yeah, no, not a chance. <laughs> This is this is great. This is great, Denver. Just getting all this info about bombers because it is a division that's new to Miramichi and up in Sydney. It's different name, but similar thing. But it's just so great hearing these stories about the cars being set up and getting ready. And uh, I see Barry Barry Richard's watching the boss man. He wrote, "We can get Brittany Denver." LOL. Do you know what that's referencing? Uh, I assume that's get Brittany to flag the uh, bomber endurance oh, race. Oh, and then you do it. So while I drive. Whoa, 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 boys, 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 boys. Denver, I thought you were retired. Well, I've retired from staff racing. Oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> Remember, I bought Adam Ford's car that won the points championship last year. I have it here. It's there we go. <laughs> I'd love to beat Adam in his own old car. Wouldn't that be great? Um. Uh, so, you know, we talked about the bomber class, Tyson, uh, and, you know, there's been some talk of maybe trying some other tracks out. I know Shediac's got some bomber racing. Uh, is there any tracks? I know you said you've been to Petty. Um, anything on your bucket list that you would love to see the bombers go race at? To be honest, uh, Speedway 660 is kind of my bucket list track for New Brunswick. I always wanted to go to PEI, too, or dabble in Nova Scotia, but... I just never seemed to have a car. My modified rigged up last year. I thought I was going to get to the speed weekend. And uh, I went to my first speed weekend probably five or six years ago, maybe when the 13 car was dominating. And I loved the whole atmosphere there that weekend. And uh, I always tried to get rigged up. And I know the boys are talking. I know Petty, they reached out to Wayne and said, if we could bring so many cars, he said, just our class, just go to Petty and race our class there for 
like an exhibition race. And uh, we've been rumbling in our group chat. And I know there's probably 10 or more that has agreed that they would haul their car down there for just an exhibition race. But whether it works out this year or not, I'd love to. I think it would be fun to see. I think the boys would really, and girls too in our class, would uh, they would open their eyes to the high banks of Petty. And I think awesome. they'd have fun. Great. I would love that. That'd be so cool to see those bomber cars and a little bit of an angle and turn one, two, three, and four. I'd love that. Dylan, you know a thing or two about high banks as the, the announcer at Riverside. <laughs> Any bomber guys want to come to Riverside? Think the tires will last there? <laughs> we blow it up that long straightaway. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, Tyson, are there any other tracks? You, you mentioned Oyster Bay. What about Nova Scotia? Any tracks over here that kind of interest you to maybe, you know, maybe not a bomber, but if you're offered something else, where would you like to race? Do you know much about any other tracks around here? Do any of them, to be honest. Um, I was tormenting with my girlfriend at the time. She wanted to go, if the borders open, to Cape Breton for a vacation. I said, I wonder how close our bomber rules match up with Sydney's. I said, I could haul the car behind me down. I said, it'd be a pretty cool trip. That's a far-fetched assumption, but it'd be something on the bucket list to do maybe down a year or two and see how close that Shediac and Sydney, how close our rules are and our cars are. Well, Tyson, we got to, uh, Riley Harris about to come on next. Um, do you have any questions for Riley? Uh, you know, you've raced against him in the bomber. He's been in the demos. Any questions you think that we should throw at Riley Harris? No, all I can say is Riley's probably one of the nicest guys around the track. And, uh, anytime I talk to him, like me and Riley, same age, we kind of grew up together ish. We knew each other. And like I said, he's one of those sportsman guys that, you know, I have the utmost respect for because he races demo as hard as anyone can do it. And then he races his bomber and he gets out and he's laughing and tormenting and, you know what I mean? Just keep to himself. So he comes from a real good family and I have tons of respect for that family. And he plays guitar and sings. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> yes. Lots of racing families from Miramichi. Tyson, we thank you for coming on tonight. Before we wrap up, uh, who do you have to thank, whether that be sponsors, family, friends, crew, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Who do you have to thank for uh, making your racing career possible and uh, making your win on Sunday possible? Well, I have no sponsors on my car. So if there's anyone watching, my rule to myself was I didn't want to ask for sponsorship until I could be competitive. So if there's anyone out there, whatever, but um, I'm a kind of one, well, my brother and my father come to every race. So I got to thank them. They, uh, I call them the race day crew. They show up on race day. <laughs> um, but other than that, like I said, I have a big family, Kim and Dwayne Donovan and even Chris and Steven and Zine. A lot of guys give me hand over the years. Denny Millette gave me a big hand with my street stock back in the day. And Darcy O'Neill. Like I find the racers around here, they want to see as many cars on the track as possible. So they are really good at helping out. So I thank everyone over the years for, lending me a hand because I didn't really have much to work with. So like I said, I just want to thank them and hopefully the rest of the year stays pretty good. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate your time tonight coming on to uh, talk about your win, share some stories. Uh, congrats on your first career stock car win in the bomber division. And uh, you know, 
Firecracker 50 up next. Uh, maybe we'll be talking to you as, as a winner of the Firecracker 50 here in a few weeks. That'd be great. Well, thanks again, folks. That's Tyson Donovan. He is the winner of the Bomber feature uh, on last Sunday at Speedway Miramichi. And before we get to our next guest, uh, who is also a winner at Speedway Miramichi, we got to talk some racing for this weekend. Uh, it's been a long month since their last race, but Speedway 660 is going to oh, return Saturday night, 6.30 start. It's a full card of racing. We got pro stocks added and street stocks added in addition to uh, mini stocks, or I guess sharpshooters, and uh, the Sportsman Division plus round number three for the Atlantic Modified Tour, and there will be on-demand video from Tim's Corner TV. Tim's hoping that we have some... Uh, some live audio to stream for all the fans. I'm going to uh, knock on all the brand new wood that's in this tower. That's the plan right now, Denver. Uh, we're going to stream the live audio on Saturday night. And as you mentioned, Remax East Coast Elite Realty Pro Stock was just talking to Brent Roy. It is a 100 lap feature on Saturday night. So uh, breaking news. Guess what? Surprise. We're doing 100 laps for Pro Stocks on Saturday. Uh, the Atlantic Modified Tour is here. As you mentioned, Brent Enterprise 35. Uh, Frederick and Gun Shop Sharpshooters, DMR Auto Sales and Service Street Stocks, and uh, the Late Model Sportsman Division. First time they've been on the racetrack here in over a month. So uh, if you're in the area, if you're in the province of New Brunswick, or if you're in Nova Scotia and can quarantine for <laughs> seven days, come on up. Uh, it's going to be a great show. Uh, we're going to have some fun. And as we mentioned, the on-demand video will be available on Sunday on Tim's Corner TV uh, and available with your on-demand subscription. So head over there, uh, sign up and, and give these guys that uh, pour in their, their hard-earned uh, time and, and everything else, give them a little bit of uh, a pump on the back end. But uh, Denver, we are ready to go. And uh, I know this guy's got a lot of fans. Who's our next guest? Riley Harris, Brandon, watching. It's uh, pretty excited to have this guy on, Tim. Uh, you're gonna see on the screen, Riley Harris is a third-generation driver, the grandson of Maritime Motorsports Hall of Famer Frank McKenzie, who helped build that trailer that went to Victory Lane on Sunday. Uh, Riley has been a, a longtime driver now. He's uh, tied for third after Sunday on the all-time demo wins list with Robert Legere. He's in some pretty good company. And, uh, you know, how about that trailer race? He uh, put on a show and... Uh, made the final hit on Joey Petrie to become the first ever winner of the figure eight trailer race, driving the number one car that his grandfather made famous in Miramichi. Riley, welcome to Tim's Corner Live. Hey, thanks for having me. Let's get right down to business, Riley. We got to talk about figure eight trailer race, never been done in Atlantic Canada before. Uh, what did you originally think of this uh, crazy idea that we threw at the drivers? Um, well, when I first seen it, it was kind of, I didn't know what to expect. Um, I knew that there would be some of the guys that would be bringing trailers. So when I seen it announced, I, I knew it would happen, but I, I don't know. I, I've been at the track forever. So I'm used to like the regular, you know, dash backup, bag race, figure eight demo. So this one was definitely out of my comfort zone for the, sake of using comfort zone to talk about demolition derby but <laughs> yeah I, I was excited I am it it was great for me because I had bought that Monte Carlo a while back and when you guys announced it I, I realized that there was a, 
a trailer hitch on it. So I was like, perfect. I'll just take that one. Let's talk about that race itself. You know, we had about a dozen trailers show up. We had trailers of all shapes and sizes. You had Joey Petrie with this, uh, you know, little, uh, I don't know, almost like a shoebox of a trailer that he just would not come off. You have Norm Robishaw and Dawson Cripps with full-blown camper trailers. Uh, you know, from the driver's seat, what was the perspective like going around the figure eight with uh, all these trailers, you know, flying everywhere around the track? Well, um, I just remember when I first put the trailer on and I started out of the pits you kind of felt the trailer and it's like oh my god <laughs> so uh, I get out to line up for the race and I pull up and here's Dawson Cripps in reverse with the trailer hitch welded on the on the front bumper and he's in reverse talking to me and I'm like this is just wild it's like I can't believe what I'm seeing out of my race car right now and um then uh Doug Matcher came over to check us all out or whatever and he said uh can i get on the back <laughs> i said i i don't know you might be better off in, in norms or dawson's camper <laughs> but yeah um yeah it was it was really cool and um i i rented the the uh tcm package last night so i watched it and uh yeah i thought it was great but uh the moment that stands out for me is um if you watch the video, when when uh, Joey went through um, Norm's trailer, I was coming around where turn two would be, and uh, I had like the only, probably the only guy that seen it from that angle. So I see him go in, and it was just like a like Fast and the Furious like movie explosion. I just I like my jaw dropped. I was just like, oh my god, this is insanity. <laughs> yeah. That was definitely wild. And you're right. You would have been the only person with that uh, point of view for that. And, uh, you know, it, I know from the stands point of view, it was like an explosion. And, you know, I don't think I've ever heard the crowd at any racetrack go as nuts as they did in that moment when Joey sent it through Norm's trailer. Yeah, it was, it was wild. Like I was still in turn two when they made contact and I was coming across the track. So it was just like getting louder and you could, feel the crowd it was insane like you could hear them over everything like all the revving and everything so yeah <laughs> let's talk about the winning move because you know after uh, joey hit norm's trailer and norm's trailer could still uh, it still had a little bit left in it enough that it, it wouldn't have been out but then norm uh, tried to get joey back and uh, broke something on the van so that took him out so it came down to you and joey and uh, you made quite a little move there to uh, seal the deal and take the win uh describe what's going through your head when you're coming off turn two you see joey coming around turn three you guys are headed for the x and uh you know kind of slowing down playing a little chess match seeing who's going to make the first move <laughs> yeah well he the lap prior he had stopped like come to a complete stop and waited and i remember coming around turn two and he was at a dead stop and i was just like well like what do you do here like you have to go so i just kind of gunned it and i was gonna let whatever happened happen but then i think he had a busted front tire or something or that car wasn't gripping and when i went by he started to come but couldn't get it so then uh i was like well he'll probably do it in the next lap but then he, he hung him right and followed me he didn't go all the way around so he followed me back through and then when i came around the next time he was doing the same thing so I tried to play it like I was going to blow by him again. 
And then I just hung a huge right, jumped. I think it was right off the pave. Like I come right off the eight. And yeah, like I hit the trailer. I didn't know if I would get it or not. But um, out of the, like, the left side of my eye, after I hit him, I just seen the trailer kind of bouncing. I was like, oh my God, I got it. So yeah, it was pretty cool. It was pretty special for sure. It's something that will uh, be talked about for a long time. Uh, I want to throw it over to Dylan, who has some experience of his own. Uh, Dylan, what do you got for the winner of the inaugural figure eight trailer race? Well, Riley, I mean, man, that was, uh, that was a race that, that was, that was pure entertainment watching it on Tim's corner TV and congratulations on the big win as well. You know, I've never driven with a trailer like on the roads and that can be stressful for someone who's doing it for the first time. You're doing it in a race where you, maybe concern that could it even just fall off you're doing a turn maybe too tight or was that on pretty good uh it was just like a standard trailer hitch like same thing we use to uh to tow the the bomber car and the demo cars to the track so there's nothing special about it and um i figured that's how i would eventually get knocked out either somebody knock my wheel off or uh somebody get me sideways and i thought i was done uh at one point there joey petrie joey petrie got me uh totally sideways and the trailer was jackknife and i didn't think i was coming out of that but i i think the trailer kind of swung and i turned the wheel at the same time and it loosened it up and he kind of broke off me right then and then i wasn't sure if i had the trailer on or not but i i put those two flags in the back uh just so i could see if it was there. So I remember like looking back and I seen the New Brunswick flag. I'm like, well, I guess we'll just keep going. So got back out and kept going. Yeah. I thought you were just showing your pride to be a New Brunswicker, but that's a really smart idea though. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the little trailer I had, it was, it was so small that you uh, couldn't see it out from behind you, but, but yeah, it, uh, it worked out cool. Um, the flags look really good, uh, on the camera, I thought. And, um, after the race, the Canada, Canada flag was gone, but the New Brunswick flag was still on there. Yeah, it was. It looked good in the air. So I know I watched a few trailer figure eight races on YouTube uh, leading up to this. I mean, I played video games uh, that had trailer figure eight races, and I just wanted to watch it to kind of get some sort of an expectation. What was What were your expectations going into the race with only about 12 cars and Norm was really the only guy who had a giant camper in that race. Yeah, Norm had one and then Dawson had one. But Dawson, I think he he lost all his gears except for reverse. So he was backwards. So, yeah, it was mostly like smaller trailers and, uh, and then Norm. But uh, I had a feeling that Norm was going to be the star of the show. And he, and he definitely stole the show, him and... Him and Joey, that was incredible. That was uh, that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen at the track in, in my lifetime. I mean, it was cool watching it on video, but in person, it, it just must have been something else. But I'm sure with Denver, we're going to dive into the rest of the day anyways uh, with the demolition part. How did you find the other events? Um, did you take part in the Dash for Cash? I mean, there's so many cars on track there. It's almost hard to keep track. How was the rest of the demolition events for you? Um. Well, yeah, I, I was in the dash for cash. I started at the back and, uh, yeah, I just remember being like really dusty and there's like, I think 51 cars 
And uh, yeah, I went up for the tire race, and that was chaos. That was pure chaos. That that one's one of my favorite races uh, now. That's like a newer one to me because um, I remember when when Jason I think bought the track, they did basically the same thing except they called it the barrel race, and they had like two kind of light pole barrels, and it was it was the same idea, but. Uh, yeah, I, I try. I got to try the tire race in the rear wheel drive. I think last year, the year before, and I think it was 2018. And uh, yeah, the tire race in the rear wheel drive is the most fun ever hunt in the demo. I think I've ever had. Even from some of the shots that Tim and the crew had last weekend, uh, turn three was quite the traffic jam uh, with that camera. I mean. How did you go into those turns? Some guys were cutting it real short. Some were taking the long route to get around those tires. Yeah. Um, I remember Rand, I seen a video of Randy Jewer swinging the Dodge Grand Caravan. He is like, a, I think his rim was busted, so it slid even better. But yeah, he got through that clean on that final restart. I think it was a one-lap shootout, and man, he... He's got through there so clean, so I was happy happy to see him win that one. And yeah, um, it, it's hard because in the front wheel drives, if you come up down off the pave and hit the dirt, it pushes you, and then you're kind of spinning trying to catch that pave again. But yeah, it's it's very hard to get in tight to the tire, especially when you're in, in traffic. And uh, that race is wild because I. I it's probably the only time during the show where you're getting hit on both bumpers and both sides doors. Yeah. I mean, it, it's got to take a toll on the body. I mean, like I know doing the figure eight race last fall, I mean, I got beat around a couple of times in the X, just the leaders passing by and that race, you said it there front and back a little sore after the day there, Riley. No, I actually wasn't too bad this time. Um, the, the first demo, like the first summer, not the winter one, but the first demo, we just did uh, the spring smash. I was a little banged up after that one. I took a, well, actually, I, I gave a few hits there that the neck was feeling a little tight for a few days. But uh, after this one, it wasn't wasn't too bad. Actually, I was surprised because uh, in the final demo there, I took, I took probably five or six pretty good shots. And uh, yeah, it was actually not too bad this time. So I was lucky, I guess. Do you stretch a bit? to maybe loosen the body up before you get thrown around like a rag doll in the car? <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> no, no. Uh, I, I do all my stretching before the bombers class. <laughs> no, but I was, I was, I'm in uh, pretty good shape. Uh, uh, when we got caught up at the end, the car I was stuck on, he spun his tire down and the rubber all shot in my car and I, I burned all the back of my arm, but besides that, I'm not too sore. So it was oh, boy. Yeah. How did that, that must have hurt pretty darn bad, eh? Well, I ran over to the enforcer car and I was like, Gary, help me get this rubber off my arm. And he's like, I don't got any water. All I got is a can of Coke. So then I, I remembered I had a, I was going to say pour, pour the Coke or like uh, something on me, but uh, I, I was running back to my car and then they found a bottle of water or something. I think Doug found one and then. I ran back over and he poured it over the arm. I was like, oh, okay, that's better. <laughs> Holy moly, Denver. Listen, they're wild, Dylan. You haven't got the full demo experience until you do the actual demolition derby. I would have done it. 
if my van didn't overheat after the figure eight in, in October. Well, Riley, um, I think Paul just uh, kind of triggered something that we have to talk about here. And he's showing on the screen um, what, what Tim called the holiday demolition fireplace channel. Uh, last October, you, uh, you stole the show, I guess, in a blaze of glory. Uh, take us back to the Halloween spooktacular and, uh, you know, when your car turned into a, a little bit of a campfire. Yeah, um, well, I remember the red flag came out for the demo. And believe it or not, I actually stopped. So I've never stopped it again. No, no I'm just joking. But uh, I, I'm sitting there. I, I have my car in park. And uh, I, I know who it was. But anyway, I, I won't say any names. But he come along and just completely junked me, like tore the whole axle out of my car like I was done so I didn't really realize it at the time because I was still in the car so then uh yeah I tried to kind of get the car moving and that and then uh so I'm just sitting there and then uh Dawson Crips the demo is going again by this point so the demo starts and mid-demo Dawson Crips pulls up to the side of my car and he said you might want to get out of your car it's on fire and then takes off <laughs> again so uh <laughs> I got out and where I was, it was like close to the pave. So I got out and uh, I had my fire extinguisher, pulled the pin. It lasted for about two seconds. And then that was that. So um, I think uh, Doug and them pulled up and I was like, put the fire, put the fire. out," And then I don't know, like it was too far gone or something. And then they put me in the car and then they drove me off the thing. And then, uh, yeah, the car burnt right to the ground. Um, yeah, it, it was lots of, lots of people messaging me and stuff and welcome me to, uh, the upside down on fire club, but yeah, no, it was, uh, it was crazy. <laughs> it had been a long time since we've seen a car completely burned to the ground. I know I don't remember the last time I was probably a kid. The last time we saw one burn that bad. Um, uh, I think the way the story went is, uh, and I hope she's watching as well. Sam Jardine struggled to put out a uh, fire. So then Doug had to use extra fire extinguishers on another one. We had three fires start at the same time. And then by the time they got to yours, they had to use three or four of them. And we're like, well, it's too far gone. We got to save the rest if something happens. So, uh, you know, drivers stay on that side of the track and uh, we're going to call the fire truck. Hey, 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 Denver, don't tempt me. I think I have the same Jardine clip here somewhere that I can, I can give to Paul if you absolutely want to oh. see it. <laughs> That's always fun. That's always fun. Uh, and, uh, you know, Sam was on the crew for the video Saturday or Sunday. So she did a great job, but she can, said she missed being in the car. Can we brag on her for a second though? Because Dylan, Dylan knew we had a toy that we started playing with this, this winter at the passion flooring and interiors, East coast mini stock tour meeting. We actually got a wireless camera over the winter. Uh, first time we actually got to use it. So we threw Sam Jardine over in turn three during the tire race. Uh, so that was, that was kind of cool. Uh, Want to brag on Sam for being the, uh, I think Dylan, we called her the second best camera op, uh, wireless camera op that we've had, something like that. So uh, I know you were pretty pumped about that. Yeah, I mean it just was so cool and and so refreshing to see that angle. I mean, uh, with the races we've covered, it's always the static camera in the middle. Uh, you may have the one on the flag stand, but to get that angle and to have that movement and to follow the cars going in and what Riley was talking about in turn three and four, just the tra uh, the. The, the big tractor trailer tire right in the middle and all these cars were piling in like they were driving on ice. It was so cool to see. 
yeah, it was, it was pretty exciting. And hopefully, knock on wood, we'll have a uh, an extra camera op here. Actually, our camera op that was going to, to do our wireless camera is going racing with the Streets Talks this weekend. So uh, uh, if, you, if you're in the, the province of New Brunswick and you want to help us out in our crew, give me a shout and uh, we can uh, we can put you to work here at Speedway 660. But social media is is alive and well uh so be sure to head over to uh tim's corner motorsports we're also live on the speedway mayor machine page drop us a comment drop us a like i see bj gillespie is watching want to say hello to him uh double header last week went to mayor machine and petty on the same night and congratulations to rob poirier on the win down there and congratulations to neil muse on the win in mayor machine when it comes to the mini stock division i'm sure they're uh they're going to be ready to go here in the next couple of uh, weeks. Matt Martin has has his fans. He's already in the chat already, so drop him a comment. Uh, he'll be on the show here in just a bit as well. Uh, Dylan Story uh, saying Riley is one of the best guys at the racetrack. And uh, Tommy Fraley watching from Alabama. Uh, so want to say hello to him as well. Uh, drop us a comment. Drop us a, a question for, for Riley. Keep us busy over here. Uh, and by the way, Denver, Brittany Hoyt is not watching but she was told that she is the best flag person or that's exactly what she told me. Something like that. You guys can figure that one out. Back to you. Ah, sounds good, Tim. Uh, we'll debate that I'm sure. But uh, Riley, let's take a step backwards. Um, for those who don't know who Riley Harris is, uh, when did you get your start in racing? Cause you come from a, 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 you know, some pretty good uh, racing heritage. Yeah. Um, my, my first race in on Speedway Miramichi, I, I think I was like eight or nine. They, had those pedal carts. I don't know if you've ever seen any of those pictures, but anyway, they did four draws during the year for these pedal carts. And it was, by the end of the year, it was me, uh, Brady. I think it was Brady Kramer's older brother and Michael Burns and Bradley Rag and Rat Rag and son. So the four of us, we they put us out on these pedal carts and we raced from basically the goal line and turn four to the start finish line. And I think I came third, and that that was my first race on the track. <laughs> that was a long time ago, but uh, I started working at um, Mercy City Speedway for Reggie Tozer in oh geez, it must have been like 2002 or 2003. I can't remember. I did two or three years up in the tower, like scoring the demo and stuff. I think that was my first job, and then uh, I was too young to race, and I I was just wanted to go on the demo so bad and then i was 15 years old i never had my license or anything yet and i was begging reggie all year can you let me go on the demo can can you let me go on the demo so uh the year goes by and the last demo of the year i said is it cool if i go on the demo he said i never forget it man reggie poser pulled me aside and, and he said uh tell you what he said if you build a car and get her ready i'll let you go on the demo so uh, I went out and that was that was my first first ever demo in uh, 2005. So yeah, that's that's where I started racing. And then I think my first time racing like a stock car was in the Dukes, the first year of the Dukes. I think that was 2007. So what do you remember from you know those early days, like 05, 06, 07, 08? Those are some pretty big years for demolition. There's still some pretty big car counts. Uh, and then that Dukes class with Brad McLean, Joel Clancy, Nathan Dean, they were really the class of the field, but uh, you were there with them some nights. And, uh, you know, what do you remember from those years? That Those are the years I remember going to the track as a kid and, and watching you guys all put on a show. Yeah, like I, those days there, it was, um, 
it it hurt a lot more. <laughs> the the cars were like uh, I'd say like eighty to ninety percent big uh, uh, rear wheel drives, and uh, yeah, like back then it it was it was crazy because um, it was all these huge boats, and uh, they would go wide open like straight up as hard as you can go. It's and uh, it's kind of like today, you know, like you see you see the guys that run it wide open, but back then they were doing it with like big LTDs and big Cadillacs and every car was a big Cadillac. It was, it was wild. And, uh, when you got hit back then, you definitely felt it. So take us back to your first demolition win. And I believe that's in July of 2009. Uh, I believe it was a, a rain out, kind of like a Sunday, just like we had last week. Uh, you know, your, your first win, what was it like? And you know, you would have only been what, probably 19 at the time. Yeah. 2009. Yeah. It would have been, 1920 uh i remember i had a it was a tourist station wagon and uh yeah we i remember my uncle travis uh i had this old 1990 ltd in the air and uh i i gave that car to him and he got that one ready so we went in it together and uh remember we went out that night and started the dash for cash on the pole uh, got dropped back to like fifth or sixth, and then in the last couple laps, I come through and everything just—it was crazy. It just worked out perfect. A couple guys got spun. I think I took the lead with like a lap to go or something. Come around and won, and then I was just happiest to be. And then uh, raced the rest of the night. And then we went out for the final demo. And uh, yeah, like back back then, man, like it was it was crazy. I remember Robert Legier was in that demo with a great big old car and. Uh, Kevin Tucker had a great big Ford. Uh, oh, so it was just wild. And, and uh, yeah, just everything worked out completely perfect. And, yeah, I remember it come down. I think it was, like, me, maybe Mark Kingston or some someone. I think Mark Kingston was driving and got second in that demo. And then uh, come down the end, he was totally junked. He was just sitting there. And uh, I through that final hit and I've never seen the checker play. And I was like, yes, sir. That's pretty cool. So I want to ask you, um, you know, you're, you're doing demolitions as a teenager. How did your, your parents handle that? You know, your mother was around the track forever watching your, your grandfather race in the, in the sportsman class, but th there's a big difference from sportsman racing where, you know, the point is to race to demolitions where the point is to wreck. Uh, how did, you know, what do you remember? How did Lisa handle um, your start in demolitions as a teenager. Um, I actually remember this. Um, they did well. They didn't want me to do it. They were like scared or whatever. And um, I remember I brought my first demo car home and I got it all ready and everything. And uh, like mom, she's like always nervous. Still to this day, obviously you know, like nervous for the races and stuff. But. Uh, I remember I got the car all ready and we were going the next day. And I remember mom saying to me, she said, uh, you know what? I'm proud of you because you said you were going to do it. And you went and got the car and got it all ready. And you're going, I remember she, her saying that she was proud of me. So that was my, that was uh, 2005. I was only 15 years old. <laughs> yeah. Don't even think, I think the, the current rules is you have to be 16. But, uh, you know, I asked that and you look now, Riley, at all the young kids in demolition. I think last year, half the field was under the age of 25. Like it's, we're seeing, you know, 
there's been all this talk in the last decade of the youth movement NASCAR and the youth movement in the pro stock ranks. And we're finally seeing that in the demolition division. Uh, you know, you're almost, you're not old, but you're almost the old guy out there on the track and you're only 30 because there's so many uh, young guys out there in the field. So, uh, you know, what, what's it like seeing all these kids out there? Well, for me, I think it's just great, you know, like, uh, I, I don't know, but uh, for me, the more cars, the more fun, you know, like let's put on the best show possible. That's what it's all about for me. Like you, you, you hear that crowd going wild the other, other night when uh, Norm Robichaud come through and Joey smoked him, man. That, that, that's it for me. But uh, yeah, these young kids, like they're um, just come in and flooded the demo division. And I don't know where these guys are finding the cars, but they're showing up every single week. And I think it's just fantastic. And uh, one of the highlights of my year last year was seeing when Riley McIntosh came in. I think he was like, I don't know, 16 years old. So I don't really know him, but he comes in, first demo ever. And uh, yeah, walks away with $4,000 in a trophy that they couldn't figure out how to get it home. Like that was, that was awesome. I, I love that, you know, and, uh, and uh, these kids that are coming in, they're going to be the future of the sport. You know, when, when I'm all done, I still want to go watch these things. So it's, it's awesome. Um, I, I think we're in good hands. Everything's going great. And uh, Barry has everything dialed in, man. That was one of the best shows I've ever been to in my life there on Saturday. I agree, Riley. I was sitting there. And I don't think I could get the smile off my face. It was unbelievable. You know, like you said, hearing that crowd explode. And it wasn't, you know, the biggest time was when uh, Joey sent it through Norm's trailer. But there was lots of other points, including when you made the final hit that that crowd exploded, which was, was great to see. But, uh, you know, I want to keep going back a little bit in your career to, uh, I, I think it was either the year before or the year after Jason bought the track, you had uh, a pretty good year. You won, uh, I think two demos that year. It was like 2011, 2012, something like that. Uh, take us back to that year. Uh, Cause that was a pretty wild year if I remember correctly. Yeah, that, that year was, uh, there was only three demos that, that year. So we missed the first one. I, like, I don't think I even went. And then, uh, the second demo came along and uh, like I, I had won my first demo in a, in a 1995 Taurus wagon. So my dad somehow came across another one somewhere along the line. So this is three years later and he surprised me with it. So I said, no way. So I, I got that ready. And then at the time I was working with my cousin, Devin McKenzie, who would be Frank's grandson as well. And, uh, I was working with another guy named Brian Doyle. So we decided we're all going to go on the demo. I had the wagon and then Devin had an old uh, Ford Focus his father gave to him or something. And, uh, and then me and Brian went half on a third car. So we land down there and we brought all three cars. And I think the rad went in the wagon before it even got out there. Like, I, I don't even think I got out there that night in the number one car. I think the rad went. I decided I'll just bring it home, get a new rad. And then Devin, his rad went after the dash of catch. So we were down to like one car instantly. Like after one race, we were down to the final car. So we raced that one. And I won the demo that night. And that, that was probably the, the most beat up car I ever won. And I remember I pulled up to the finish line after the checkered flag and the gas tank fell off like, and shut off. That was it. And I got pictures of that car, man. It's unbelievable. Like the back, the back bumpers touching the passenger seat. And uh, so we took those three cars, and then the 
one of them won it. Next week, we brought the other two back. And, yeah, it was just kind of the same deal. We went out, man, and we ran hard. And uh, I got first that night, and then Devin got second. So it, out of those three cars, we got first, first, and second. So that was that was pretty cool. And then uh, I never went back to the track for six years after that. So I want to talk about you return in, in 2018. And, uh, you know, uh, what, what was it that brought you back in 2018 when, uh, you know, you came back and got back into it? Well, uh, yeah, I did, I did those demos in 2012 and then it was a lot different back then. It wasn't like it was right now. You know what I mean? It was kind of just not as much hype, not as much cars. And it just wasn't, I don't know. It just took a few years off. And then, uh, I had a couple cars for the 2013 season. I think it was 2013. And I was just like, yeah, I'm not going to go. Sold the two cars to... Uh, I think Sean Muserall and Randy Dick. Randy Dick won the demo in my daily driver. That was his win. That was my car. And then, uh, so what got me back in was in 2017, I went to watch the demo just as a fan. And uh, I think it was 2017. It might have been 2016. 16 or 17. I go back to the track. And I'm sitting in the pits. And uh, bag race starts. I'm standing there. Kevin Tucker's standing there. And I said, you're not going to the bag race, Kev? So I don't got a partner. I said, I'll go with you. So I jumped in, went out the bag race with Kevin Tucker, and instantly hooked again. I think I had three cars there the next week for the demo. <laughs> and we all went in. Yeah. So I want to ask you about one particular story around, uh, you know, that, that 17, 18, uh, 16, somewhere around there. Uh, you had one time where uh, I guess you and Barry uh, had a little demo. You got into the enforcer a little bit, maybe something like that. How did that story go? Uh, it didn't yeah. quite end the way you wanted, but uh, it, the fans sure enjoyed that one for sure. Yeah, like um, this is this is the actual truth of this story. Um, my trunk was beat up so bad you could not see out the back window. So you got to think about this from my point of view. I pull up to about where the pavement is and put it in reverse and then just hit the gas. So you cannot see anything behind you. It's like closing your eyes. So apparently somewhere between the point where I put it in reverse, Barry got in between the car that I was going to hit. And yeah, I think I see a video that I ended up destroying the body on the enforcer. <laughs> and uh, the back then they used to have a hardest hit award. I think it was like a hundred bucks or 150 bucks or something they used to pay to whoever delivered the hardest hit in the final demo. So I remember after that, uh, Sean Muserall come over to me in the pits and he said, Hey Riley, he said, you got the hardest hit. I said, Oh really? He said, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, that was totally unintentional. Uh, I, I would never do that. So I know a lot of people thought that I did on purpose. I have people saying, man, that was awesome. That was so cool. And I just remember thinking, like, man, I hope Barry lets me back here next week. Because <laughs> I would never do that intentionally, you know. It's fun to look back on now and, and laugh about those little stories. But uh, that, that's certainly a highlight that sticks out for a lot of people. Um, uh, we got to wrap up here soon. But I want to ask you, 2019, you came back and won uh, two demos again. Uh, and two back-to-back. -back. What was it like in, in 19 to get those big wins? Oh, man. Like, um, well, what happened there, like, I, I wasn't even going in the demo, but uh, Matthew Sullivan had this uh, Dodge Dakota truck lined up, and then he 
he blew his knee out so he couldn't drive and he said uh do you want to take it so i said yeah so me and matt went over got the truck and uh just rigged it up and we were just going for fun that night really like i remember we landed down there and like we never even had an extra tire or anything you know what i mean and went out and uh yeah, we just raced. I remember that was my first tire race, and I thought that was so much fun. And then, yeah, I just went out for the demo, and yeah, the, the, the Dakota was tough. I ended up winning that one. So then uh, I had another truck lined up for the next demo, and I went to pick it up like, a couple days before the Derby, and then it was a uh, rad was junk. The truck was junk. I couldn't bring the truck. So I, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to go to this one. You know what I mean? Whatever. And uh I remember I called Adam Floyd or something, and I was like, you know where there's any cars? And Adam had ran that whole year, and he had this whole car, and he did really good. I think he got, like, six podiums or something with this old car, and it was still sitting down there. And he said, well, I got to work. He said, you go get mine. So uh, Adam being the awesome guy that he is. <laughs> I'm just joking. But, uh, yeah, uh, no, nah, uh, Adam gave me the car, went there, and – uh ended up winning the and winning the last demo of the year i think that was a halloween one so yeah it was just like a complete fluke couldn't believe it so yeah that was awesome riley we've talked a lot about demolitions but not to be overlooked you have a bomber car uh you know we had tyson donovan on here earlier winner of the bomber feature on sunday uh tell us a bit about the bomber division and uh, how you got involved in it and uh you know what it's like out there with this, this new class that's really taken off yeah well first of all i'd like to Thank uh, Tyson for his kind words, man. I really appreciate that. And uh, feelings mutual. I've I, I known Tyson a long time. Uh, we used to play hockey together when we were kids. And, uh, yeah, we both at the track all the time. And, uh, yeah, he's a great guy, great competitor. And, uh, yeah, that was awesome on Saturday to see him get that feature because I know he's a he's a big family guy, too, and got a lot of history there. So good for you, Tyson. Congratulations, buddy. And, uh, yeah, the Bomber, it was a great race. You know, the feature was wild. Uh, I started out, uh, the old car I got for the Bombers now it doesn't have enough horsepower. I can't keep up anymore. I'm going to have to build a new car eventually. And uh, yeah, I went out and I think I finished like sixth or seventh or something, which was about in mid-pack because all these guys just kept dropping like flies, you know, and it was just wild. I just kind of rode it out and see what happened. And yeah, it was, it was great. It was a good time. Uh, we're having lots of fun. I know uh, the Bomber group chat, man, it's, it's wild. Those guys are ruthless in there. <laughs> <laughs> we uh we all have a lot of fun they're all a bunch of great guys and i got a lot of respect for them all yeah and, and girls i should say because <laughs> sam i don't want to say guys guys and girls <laughs> absolutely uh i'm gonna throw it over to tim before we uh, wrap up tim uh how's social media looking uh social media is is a little bit busy uh bj gillespie is actually trying to get to matt martins for his interview so uh we're going to come up to that in just a couple of moments. And uh, that could be wild, boys. Uh, strap in. I, I'm, I'm excited for what's coming up. Uh, drop us a, a question, comment. I uh, uh, want to thank everybody for, for tuning in here this evening, whether you're on the Mary Machine page or you're on the uh, Tim's Corner Motorsports page. It's, uh, it's been fun, and uh, we'll continue on here. And, and uh, Riley, congratulations on the win. Uh, first of many, I'm sure, coming up this season – what other event are you most excited for on the Miramichi card? Because it, there's all kinds of big shows coming up here uh, in the next coming uh, couple of months. Well, thank you very much, Tim. And it was, it was great to see you back in uh, Miramichi, man. Um, uh, love what you guys are doing. And uh, it was really cool to sit down last evening and watch, uh, watch the, 
broadcast of the show. It's kind of surreal going from first person to third person. And uh, yeah, I just really enjoy John O'Shea's commentary and stuff. Uh, what I'm looking forward to this year um, is the Firecracker 50 for the Bombers. And then uh, that weekend in October, the doubleheader Friday and Saturday. I'm looking forward to that. And I think we're doing 100 laps on Saturday or Friday, Denver. I don't know. You might know. But... The 100 lapper is uh, going to be the spooktacular at the end of October for the Bomber. But oh, okay. Just... okay. But there yeah, is yeah, 100 so... laps for street stocks. And I know you might have something potentially in the works for that. If there's any beans that you can spill or we're just going to leave that as it is for now. Uh, I never heard anything about that. No, I never heard <laughs> nothing. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, firecracker 50, you know, your, your grandfather, Frank raced in that for many, many years. Uh, so, you know, we, we talked to Tyson about, you know, he, uh, grew up watching Kim Hollihan race. Kim was basically an idol to him and Kim has a win in that. Uh, I don't think Frank ever actually got the win in the firecracker 50, but I know was close many times and, and I don't think he would have ever missed one. Uh, what's it going to mean to be, uh, you know, it, it's kind of a different, different type of race. It's the bomber division. It's not sportsman, but it, it's got that name and that history and prestige behind it. Uh, what's it going to mean to be a part of that show? Oh, I think it's so cool. Cause um, I, I remember the firecracker 50 and uh, I know I was like a young kid, but it was just like the name kind of always stuck with me, you know, like it was something that I recognized. And uh, when that was announced, I just thought that was so cool to kind of throw back. And uh, yeah, I love that old stuff. I love, uh, I love uh, throwback weekend at Darlington and that that's what the, the vibe is I get from that it's gonna feel like Darlington so I might have to like get a mustache and a trucker hat or something maybe borrow that, Mike Goosell's overalls or something for that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty awesome for sure um I want to talk to you before you know this will probably be one of the final questions but uh after Sunday you know the trailer race was one of the headlining acts and uh winning that puts you in a tie for third on the all-time demolition finale wins list uh with robert legere and the only drivers you have left in front of you uh is, is kevin tucker and brad mcclain that's a pretty good company riley what does it mean to be you know among some of the all-time greats uh, of demolitions at speedway miramichi well um it's kind of funny because uh yeah i guess i'm tied with robert legere now and uh my very first ever demo i was coming across the field and robert legere hit me wide open in a big caprice and took me out so i guess it's kind of full circle now but yeah that's that's really cool um i doubt i'll ever catch kevin but uh i don't know one more to catch brad maybe maybe someday and that's pretty cool because brad mcclain's one of the one of the guys i look up to and uh he's an, one of the best racers ever stepped foot on that track both in demo or or the stock car he's one of the one of the few guys that really dominated in both there's not many guys that dominated in both and uh, I'd just like to give a shout out to Bruce Hashey. I've been seeing him. I seen him at the track the other day. He congratulated me. So it was cool. I've been trying to get Bruce back in the car, man. He's one of the best to ever do it. So hopefully we can, can see Bruce Hashey back in the demo here someday. That would be absolutely wild to have, you know, guys like that. It'd be cool, Riley, if we ever, 
you know, you look at the, you know, top 20 demo drivers of all time, champions and wins and whatnot. If we could get all those guys back on the track, maybe even just for one more, that would be, I think, uh, a memory we would never forget and a demo that would be uh, unforgettable as well. But uh, we got Matt Martin waiting in the wings. He's got lots of fans waiting and uh, we can't wait to have Matt on. So Riley, uh, we thank you for coming on tonight. But uh, first, um, who you got to thank, you know, fans, sponsors, friends, crew, everyone. Who do you have to thank for, uh, you know, the, the trailer race win, the uh, bomber uh, car, you know, you pull double duty a lot of weeks. It's, you, you definitely don't do it alone. So uh, who do you got to thank? Uh, first and foremost, I'd like to thank my father, Eugene Harris. Uh, couldn't do it without him. And uh, my grandfather, Frank McKenzie, couldn't, could not be there every week with uh, what I got. So to win that race on Father's Day was just, an, just a dream. It was, it was so cool get home and uh, show granddad my trophies on father's day and, and for dad it just meant a lot to me and it was also my girlfriend's birthday on sunday so that worked out good plus uh uh brandon mcdonald he was running the 31 car he had to work on saturday couldn't make it got rained out so he said i can make it now on sunday so we rug up his car so i'd like to thank him he gave me a hand and uh uh jonathan dixon he gave me one third of my trailer i think i had to my trailer wasn't, I bought a trailer and it wasn't good enough. So Jonathan had the right parts. So I couldn't do a little Johnny Dixon. Uh, sponsors, I'd like to thank Alma Wedding Barn, History Mystery, History Mystery Mansion Escape Rooms, uh, Vista Ridge Cottages, Keating's K2 Services, uh, Jungle Gyms, Mare Machine, Scott and Amanda Cable. They do all kinds of stuff at the track. Uh, Jungle Gyms is a huge supporter. Uh, who else? Uh, Fast Eddie Stewart, uh, uh, Stewart's Auto Body. Uh, we got uh, Stevens Auto Repair. And, uh, yeah, just uh, all my family. And I uh, got a lot of friends to pick through. Uh, we got uh, Bobby. Bobby's been a huge hand. Uh, Mackenzie, he's there. He's out at the car before I wake up in, on the race there. So, yeah, just uh, just everyone. It takes a lot of help. And, uh Anyone I'm forgetting, thank you very much. I uh, appreciate everything, and I couldn't do it alone. Before we cut you loose, Riley, give us your best sales pitch. Someone who has never been to Speedway Miramichi before, July 10th, the next one, Bomber Firecracker 50 demolition. Uh, why should they make plans now to be in attendance? It's going to be a full send situation. <laughs> Couldn't be said any better. Thank you very well, much. <laughs> thank you for your time tonight. Thank you for coming on. Congratulations on the big win. And, you know, I know we could have went on uh, all night. There's so many stories to share, and I'm sure we'll have you back on in the future. But, uh, you know, we'll see you on July 10th. Uh, folks, that's Riley Harris, winner of the figure eight trailer race at Speedway Miramichi. And now we get to talk about fantasy points. And um, it's on the screen. And I am <laughs> going to just say uh, drop the mic. So, Dylan and Tim, you can take over. Uh, we're actually tied for second. Uh, I, Dylan, I don't know how that happened. I'm better than you. Oh, well, you I mean, it. we're getting caught by Brittany and, and Meredith of all people. So I, I, we've got to pick up our socks here. Uh, I will tell you that we are for the third time revisiting the Fredericton gun shop <laughs> sharpshooters division, because it seems like every time we do this, it gets canceled, postponed, changed, whatever. So, uh, I got lazy today. I'm not going to lie. I got lazy. I changed the graphic. I changed one part of it. Paul put it on the screen. I put the date different. So it's still the same picks. I haven't asked the crew if they want to change or not, but if they do, 
best kind. It's up there on the screen. You saw it twice already on this show. We're going to see it uh, a third. Uh, uh, me and Brittany have BJ Gillespie. Uh, Dylan, you have our, our next guest coming up. I do. I've been watching him on TikTok getting this car ready. We, we are going to talk TikTok, or you guys are going to talk TikTok in just a few moments. Uh, Meredith, speaking of TikTok, has uh, Randy Titus uh, for the weekend. And Denver, you're still sticking with Brandon Young? That's going to be the plan. Why, you know, I, I, I kind of made my bed the last two races. You can't abandon that now. you got to sleep in it. Uh, you know, in Brandon Young head speed, I have faith. You know, it, it, roll the dice. It, I have the lead now. I can afford to gamble a little bit and, uh, you know, shoot for the moon and hope we see a first-time winner. I'm hoping we do too. So it's uh, it's it's going to be a fun show uh, coming up on Saturday here in the Gary Woods at Speedway 660. And uh, you can make your selection starting tomorrow at timscorner.ca slash fantasy picks. I've got a long laundry list of things to do here at the racetrack tomorrow. That is that is one of them. So uh, starting tomorrow. And if you have the, the right uh, prediction or you have the right pick, you uh, at the end of the season could win a prize package courtesy of Tim's Corner Motorsports and our 10th anniversary season. Uh, boys, uh, this guy coming up needs absolutely no introduction. Uh, driver of the number 33 sharpshooter here at Speedway 660 and, and uh, the street stock and a little bit of everything that he does. I don't, I don't know if there's, there's something that he doesn't do. We're going to talk TikTok in a bit. Uh, we're waiting for his audio actually to connect to the call so we can uh, chat with the the driver from just, uh, if I threw a stone, I could probably hit his place from, from Speedway 660. It's it's Matt Martin. And uh, uh, boys, we're waiting for the audio connect, uh, audio to connect. Uh, until then, you guys can take it away. I was watching him on TikTok earlier. Him and his buddy have been on, live on TikTok ever since we were live. And I know we're going to dive into that, Denver. Social media is such a big thing in 2021. I just started getting into TikTok recently. By the way, the Dylan Langell on TikTok. Give me a follow. Give me a heart. Uh, but that is the most popular social media platform right now. Besides Facebook, I would say. Uh, the younger generation's getting into it. Now the older generations of things really starting to discover TikTok. And the community on there with racing is getting pretty big too. Are you... A little familiar with that, Denver? Uh, so, Dylan, I, I don't have much experience with TikTok. I, Meredith used to use it, and then she stopped using it. it I kind of forgot about it, pretended it didn't exist. Uh, but I got my introduction on Sunday because uh, I'm getting ready for the race, and Meredith comes to me and says, we're making a TikTok for the track. Um, so Speedway Miramichi is now on TikTok, apparently. Uh, Meredith has done a phenomenal job with that, uh, and I guess we have like 700 followers or something already. So... Uh, that was my introduction. Hey, hey, Denver, it's only like, I think, what, Matt, how many followers do you have on TikTok? Uh, 30,000.5. Okay, so uh, Mary Machine's got a little ways to go. We got a little bit. ways to go, but, but you yeah. Hop into my live, we'll get you there. <laughs> there we go. I think Meredith's asleep, though. I don't. She's got to wake up and get on TikTok. She wants the, to the lights there. haven't flicked tonight. <laughs> the lights haven't flicked. You're right. They have not flicked yet. But uh, let's dive into it, Matt. Uh, and again, Tim said no introduction needed. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, I don't know where we're going to start with this. There's a lot to uh, go over, but I guess we're already on the TikTok. Uh, I, I think you're Atlantic Canada's most famous TikTok driver. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your, your journey on TikTok. Man, it's, it's just kind of funny, really. Like it started out as a big joke. I was like, I'll put up a couple of race car videos. If we hit a thousand, it'd be cool if people could just sort of come and go come watch us work on the race cars. 
see what we do to our race cars, see what the time we put in. Uh, this is my crew chief, Matt Richards. Uh, he's, uh, he puts up with all this. He puts up with the late hours. He puts up with the early mornings at the racetrack. And uh, he's also on TikTok. He's crew chief Matt 86 on the TikTok. So check him out. Uh, yeah, man, we're having a lot of fun with it, really. And we like, we hit 30,000 followers. And I was like, oh, man, the world's gone broken. I've hit 30,000 followers on the TikTok. <laughs> Well, I remember in uh, March when we did the winter demo at Seaway Miramichi and you had a car there with, uh, I think it was Tyler behind the wheel. Uh, and I remember someone sent me a, a link to one of your videos and I look at it and there's like, you know, 15, 20,000 people watching. I'm like, oh my God, like that is, that's totally incredible, you know, and uh, that's, that, that's great what you're doing, spreading the word about the sport of racing and really getting more people into it. And, that, and I, like, I joke about the thousand followers thing, but like, I've got, I've got 15 people right now that I've met from off of TikTok that either, well, they, they will come on a regular basis to the racetrack. So like that, and that was my mission. Like, can we get more people back to the racetrack off of this crazy, stupid little app? And we did. And like, I was able to launch my clothing line on the TikTok and make it, make a good go of it over the winter. And my fan base is like, I've got people from Alabama. My boy, Tommy's watched Tommy. What up, baby? Uh, <laughs> I've just met so many amazing people. And uh, like last year, we had a hard time with the racing, not just with the COVID, but my brother-in-law had actually passed. There's there's a story to this, so just tag along with me here. Uh, My brother-in-law passed away a year and a half ago. So when he passed away, it was in his tow truck. So he actually got inducted into the uh, World Tow Truck Hall of Fame for Fallen Drivers. So uh, through the miracle of TikTok, I met Tommy and... Tommy's uncle actually runs the International Tow Truck Museum in Chattanooga where we have to go and get Stephen inducted. So it's it's a really small world how the TikTok thing works out. So I've made some really awesome friends, really cool connections, and uh, very blessed to meet the people that I have. Matt, I got a question about growing that. And I, I gave you a follow. When I joined TikTok, you were one of the first accounts I had to give a follow because I knew that you were on TikTok. Did it take a little while to get the momentum or did it just kind of happen overnight with your account? It started out as a joke and we were playing bingo one night and I started out at like the night we started playing bingo. I was at 1500 followers. I was like, that's funny. We hit 1500 awful quick after bingo. I was at like 6,800 or something. And it just over three or four days, it just pop, pop, pop blew up just over a couple of stupid videos. (laughs) just dumb videos and it's just but i like i enjoy it like i like to feel like i'm a funny person so i like that's it's a great way to express yourself well and, and you're doing a lot of the stitching now too it's not just race car stuff you are kind of dabbling in the comedy stuff too uh yeah there's just some stuff that needs to be said and there's some funny things that happen on the tiktok and sometimes a good comment can make it really go good so i like throwing my two cents worth in where i can whether it's racing or a good joke so like I said, Denver, more people are, are they're discovering. I think there was kind of a stigma with TikTok, you know, oh, it's for kids, you know, it's for little kids. Why would I get on that? But it's becoming the most popular social media platform now. Well, didn't Donald Trump want to ban it at one point or, or something like that? It was well, Uncle Donald's just crazy. That's all. <laughs> okay, so, so now that we have Joe Biden, it's, it's TikTok is acceptable? It's accepted. Is that is that how this works? I'm still new to this. Uh, Ryan, no, Ryan, Ryan Vargas has the car. I don't think a lot of people want to hear what I have to say. 
R- Ryan Vargas had the car in the Xfinity series. He got the TikTok sponsorship last year. Yeah. There we go. Um, it was well, pretty awesome. Let's get down to business because it's been a long month since we last seen cars on the track at Speedway 660. Uh, first of all, let's go back to the Riverview Ford Lincoln season opener. It was, uh, I guess, an interesting race for the sharpshooter division. Uh, lots of rookies with the class and the way it's taken off was pretty incredible it's uh you know i think what you guys got like 40 50 registered uh opening day a little rough few cautions and whatnot but uh you had a pretty good run that day so uh river before they can season opener looking back on it a month later uh what are your thoughts on that um i really hate covid and i'm really just over it and um my my fiance really puts up with a lot with the racing and stuff like i also have a street stock that i'm turning into a wagon right now that's just going to be a greasy looking unit here soon and like we're really close to having it done so i haven't been doing many videos about it because the next time everyone sees it, they're going to be like wow it's greasy but that looks cool and that's all i'm shooting for but she puts up with this and she puts up with me going to the track every weekend and i just I can't thank her enough. Before we go any further, I need to make sure she gets her 10 seconds there because she uh, she really puts up with a lot in us doing our racing and hanging out in the garage and working all night and all that. So, uh, yeah, so that's it for that one. <laughs> so let's look ahead. Uh, you guys got the next race coming up this weekend. Back on track. Are you excited to uh, get back on the track at Speedway 660 under the lights, I might add, at uh, on Saturday night. I cannot tell you how excited. Like, I wasn't, but now I'm like, all right, the season opener was a long time ago. And I, I don't really like talking about the season opener because it's just a, such a bummer, man. Like, we had such an awesome start. Me and BJ finished first and second. I don't know if BJ made it or not, but I'm still, still always got a little piece of BJ carrying along here, so... Um, anyways, yeah, no, we had Wicket run there, finished one, two, and the car, man, we started out, we have this new G5 that we're running this year. Um, what a unit. I didn't, and I, even when I went through tech, Donnie was like, Matt, I did not expect to see any Cobalts in here, period, this year. And I was like, Donnie, buddy, come on. We knew that Matt Martin Blue was going to roll through here. Anyways, we had a good laugh about it, and, uh, yeah, like this weekend, I think uh, I've had a quite. A, I've had a couple sponsors come on, so I was able to buy some new tires. The cars really reacted to new tires, so I'm uh, I'm hoping with what the weather's saying. And we got a little bit of rain here yesterday, so there's nothing I love more than a little bit of a green track. Three days, I got this period of three days before the race, and then a little bit of sun on top of it to cook it in. Usually makes for a wicked sticky track at Gary, so I'm uh, I'm pretty pumped to get back this weekend. We've me and Matt have been working stupid hard on the car. Like we should have been working on the street stocks more than what we have, but we, man, we're so excited to just build a brand new car, take it out. And man, we ran with BJ Gillespie. Like BJ told me he was worried at one point because he could see blue dots. And I was like, man, if my crankshaft sensor wouldn't have been bad and I could have had that car working good, I think I would have had something for BJ. Like, and that was my goal this year. Like, I was like, I want to build a car that can either run with or beat BJ. Like, that was my – and, like, me and him are friends off the track, and I tell him all the time, like, man, my goal is to beat you this year, like, every year. It hasn't happened yet, but it's coming. I'll get it sometime. And I think I think this might be the key to the question. I think that's everyone's goal right now is to beat that 69 car because it's been – 
really fast lately, but you know, you've got a couple wins yourself over the years. Uh, but uh, to get back to victory lane, what would that mean for you? Um, a lot. It would mean it would mean a lot. Like I really like. Uh, there's nothing. There's nothing better than working on the car for a whole week and frustrating yourself and going to the track and getting a podium and getting that trophy, man. I could give a crap about the money they pay out at the end of the week. You give me that big trophy, I'm out. Um, we're back at the garage drinking. Like, we don't stick around to the track or nothing. Like, we get our trophy, we go celebrate at the shop. See what's busted. See what we got to fix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Tim, how are you doing over there? I'm sure social media is a blaze right now. With, I, uh, I am sure it is. Let me go take a look. Uh, Tommy and the whole crew is over here. Jade and, and Morgan and... Uh, well, Brandon Campbell's over here. I don't know what kind of crew oh. he's a part of. Yeah. So Br Brandon says that Matt told me he was going to put blue paint on my bumper. Unfortunately, I didn't even make a lap. So Matt, what kind of advice can you give to a guy that uh, can't seem to get his car working? Can you give him any words of encouragement for these upcoming races? Uh, this is a pretty tight racing community. So if anyone out there right now has a distributor for our buddy, Brandon Campbell, uh, Check him out on Facebook and he's on the TikTok. Make sure you check him out on the TikTok and make sure if you have a distributor, you get a hold of him, see if we can get him running. That's what our race family, man, like, and I can't preach it enough, like the brotherhood and the, and the camaraderie that comes with racing is just in the family atmosphere that comes along with it is nothing like you'll ever experience. Like I don't like I've met so many awesome people over the years and I've known some of these people for like 20, 25 years, like as long as the track's been open kind of deal. And it's, uh, and I'm very fortunate to have a lot of the relationships that I do. So yeah, it's uh that's a big part of it. Uh, Lisa yeah, Harris, Lisa Harris Brandon, we need to get him on the track. It, it, well, he, he needs to get a couple of laps in at least. Cause I, I know that's what he's lacking. He's done every job I think this year, except for, actual race a race car but he'll get there eventually we kid because we care uh lisa harris does awesome sh show sunday was one of the best days at the racetrack and a big shout out to the number one driver and the number one flag man denver <laughs> she i i know lisa was at the last race last october she clearly didn't see britney flag uh that was that was a a wonderful experience uh dylan story matt wants to know what's the story behind your matt martin blue um I tried it out last year. I really liked it, and I wasn't really a fan of the light on top, so I was like, she needs to be all Matt Martin blue. And then uh, we were in a driver's meeting last year, and uh, Scott Kenny had brought up that I had touched about eight or nine too many cars that evening, and that too many of the drivers were complaining about Matt Martin blue on their car, and I sort of chuckled and walked away. I was like, Matt Martin blue, I've made it. <laughs> That's not going away. <laughs> so that's just sort of stuck, and Scott Kenny sort of started the Matt Martin Blue thing by saying, hey, you got to calm her down a bit there, bud. And here we are, Matt Martin Blue, and it up all over the place. Uh, Randy Titus says it's going to be a busy – it's going to be busy coming from the back this weekend because I think he was on the podium with you guys, so he's going to have to come from the back as well. Uh, with the – the uh, I don't want to say lack of discipline from some of the drivers, but you guys uh, <laughs> had that race shortened the first race. But now that you yeah. have to start in the back – any, any game plan going ahead here? Three wide into one. You know what my game plan is, Tim Terry. <laughs> Wouldn't expect any different. Uh, I'll leave you with this one. We're, we're live and interactive here. Uh, Paul, our producer, says we can go just a little bit over time here tonight. Uh, I got to find a place somewhere in the campground to stay, so we'll, we'll figure that out in a bit. But BJ Gillespie wants to know, what's it going to take to beat him this weekend? 
Uh, a good run and no rookies record in front of us. And, and maybe a couple of those three wide moves to get to the front. Uh, I think I think it's going to be a very, very exciting weekend at the racetrack. And if anyone watching's never been to the racetrack, this is going to be a hell of a weekend to show up and make it your first one, I promise. So I definitely make that trip out this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be a, a full card of racing. The the pro if you, if you missed it earlier, by the way, surprise, the Pro Stocks are running 100 laps this weekend. Uh, the Atlantic Modified Tour is going to be here with the Brent Enterprises 35. Uh, the Frederick and Gunshop Sharpshooters, you guys always put on one of the best shows of the card. And it, you come up first. It, it's going to be one to, uh, to watch. The Street Stocks are now on the card presented by DMR Auto and the Sportsman also on as well. You can listen to live audio. We hope, knock on wood, everything test-wise has gone well tonight. So uh, timscorner.ca slash listen live, and you'll be able to see the video on demand on Sunday. And we give... We give uh, Mr. Brandon Campbell a little bit of grief, but because he's driving a Honda and he's not here this weekend, Denver and Dylan, uh, he is going to be pushing the buttons on the TCM TV production. So uh, we kid because we care. I just don't want to step over the uh, the border. You guys go ahead and continue on. I'm having fun with this. You're just getting scared that you're not going to have a producer for the show. You well, just don't. For for those that that don't know, Wade is is not with us this weekend. So I'm actually stepping into Wade shoes. Denver is stepping into a modified crew role with Chris Wilson. So the two producers that usually carry this thing are are either in the tower doing other things or in the pit. So I told Brandon Campbell we would take it easy on them. But Matt, if you guys are planning on going three wide on lap number one, I think him and John Forsythe are going to be busy. That's my plan to keep, uh, man, if there's anything, yeah, them cheating on is Brandon. That's what I'm saying, dude. Um, yeah. Like if there's anything I love more is pumping up the jam before I go to the track and I, there's nothing I love more. Be like, Hey everyone, I'm going through right off the hop to the whole group and walking away. That's my favorite thing to do. And we've seen that a couple times before to say the least. Yeah. At least once. So Matt, let's kind of take a step back. Uh, you know, I want to talk about the start of your career. How did you get your start into racing? Um, this is going to be maybe an unbelievable story for some people. But me and Brian Suddy actually built our first car together, and he, uh, yeah, he slapped the wall with it in Miramichi, and then we took it to Shediac, and that was sort of that. And then life sort of happened. Just everyone got married, had kids, young families, just sort of got away from it. And then when my oldest daughter was like five, uh, I bought a car then and my dad sponsored into it then. And we had a really good little fast neon and, uh, BJ's on his way. I don't know how much longer we can keep this going, but my wife just texted me and said, BJ's on his way. So I'm not sure we got the time, Tim Terry, but BJ's are coming anyways. Oh, where were we at? Sorry. I got sidetracked there. We were talking, you said you'd, uh, you know. We'd, oh, yeah. Me and, yeah. Anyways, me and Brian, we got married, all that. I bought the Neon. Uh, I went out with the Neon the first year, sort of got my feet wet with a fast car that I didn't really have before. So I was sort of really my first year of learning. And then the second year with the Neon, I got uh, two seconds, and I won the Gunslinger, what would be the Gunslinger 50 that year. Um, I've got... I've got three trophies from the 50 lappers. So I've, I've podium three of the 50 lappers. Um, I usually run top five, like not to be cocky or arrogant or anything, but like I've really got my setups and stuff down and 
I really got good with, I don't know what happened this year. I don't know if it's from being in the street stock last year that I've learned to hook this outside line that we've gained at the racetrack. But man, even last weekend going up against Randy Titus, our last weekend out, I could, I could pull on Randy through the turn, not even coming up the turn. And, uh, like to have a fast car like that's pretty neat because I've never had a fast car like that where I could hook the outside line and be like, hey, we're going to peace out and go here. And like I, I caught BJ a little bit. And like, he was like, man, I was kind of getting nervous at the end of it. And I was like, well, that's good because that's, that's, it's kind of cool to have BJ say that. Me and him have been friends a long time, but he's, he's been racing a lot longer than I have. So I, I got a lot of respect for BJ. He's a good kid. So, uh, so to have someone like that, that we can go out and sort of joke around and race together each weekend. And our girlfriends are both nurses together. So like everyone's, our group's really good and compatible too. So it's pretty awesome. Absolutely. Now, Matt, I want to talk about that uh, first win that you got in the sharpshooter. And if I remember correctly, that was, uh, I guess, the, the night of champions one year. Um, I remember there was a lot of emotion from that victory. Um, getting that first win. Uh, take us back. What do you remember and what, do, what did that first win mean to you? you? You try so hard for so many years to get that, like, you can get as many second places as you want, but until you actually, like, get that first place trophy, and now I've got, like, three of them under my belt, so, like, I, and I'm pretty honored to say that, like, there's, and there's still a lot of good names around, like, I've, I've even heard rumors that Luke McLaughlin's building a four-cylinder so how cool would that be for me to be like, hey, what you do this weekend? I raced Luke McLaughlin in the four-cylinder class. Like that, you know what I mean? Sort of like, and like Kyle McKinnon, I know he's in the street stock now, but like when we were in four-cylinder and stuff together, me, him, Matt Crocker, like we used to have so much fun that year. And just, you, there's so much emotion tied into it because you have guys like Kyle coming up to you after that first big win. And like, man, you did it. Like you finally, you finally pulled one out of the race suit. You got your big win, like. And, and like, got, like I went to high school, like I know these guys a long time. So like when you have guys that you've had that friendship with for that long, come up to you and start pumping your ego like that, like, man, you did it. Like you, like you did a really good job. Like means a lot as a racer. And I feel like that's a turning point where you can start moving forward and you're, and that's sort of why I bought the street stock just cause I was like, Oh, whatever. It's a good deal. And everyone wants a street stock. Before we start talking a little more about that street sock, there's one more thing I kind of want to touch on, and uh, that's uh, Kids Day. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, I think you won a race on Kids Day one year, and Kids Day is one of the bigger days of the year uh, in terms of a regular race at Speedway 660. There's always so many people up the track. It's always packed. Uh, They have the uh, autograph session in the the pits, and the kids get to come into the pits, and uh, you know, the, uh, the candy dash and whatnot. It's always a, uh, it's a big day. And, uh, you scored a win on that one year. Uh, what's it like to get that kid's day win? You know, because it's all, like you said, it's all about family, all about fans and, uh, you know, it, nothing gets better than, uh, having all the kids in the stands. No, that's, that's it. And it's not like I have, uh, me and my fiance, I have three kids. Like I have three kids of my own. And, uh, so for like the kid side of it, through the racing is a big thing for us. Like the family side of it, like we, we try to keep it as family as much as we can. Like just the kids are involved with it. They come out and paint the cars. They come out and help put stickers on. They help get the trailer ready to go on the weekend. Like we just try and make it a family thing as often and as much as we can. Like it's, and, and 
the other thing with kids is, man, they're the future of our sport. I And I'm literally living my five-year-old inner kid's dream right now. I'm looking at both my race cars while I'm on Tim's corner doing an interview, like living every little five-year-old kid's dream. Like I'm going to own a race car someday and I'm going to do cool interviews. Like I'm doing it. It happened. <laughs> so like, it's, it's, it's just, I just have a lot of problems with me. I'm really to be honest with you. I just enjoy all of it. Dylan, I'm going to throw the floor over to you for a minute. Uh, what do you have to throw at our, our TikTok star himself and uh, the sharpshooter star from Speedway 660, Matt Martin? Well, I just threw your crew chief a follow on TikTok. You know, uh, appreciate it, brother. <laughs> no problem, man. Uh, I, I guess I'll ask the crew chief a question. How is it working on this car and, and then also having the following as well on TikTok? Yeah, it was kind of funny at first, like, I remember just after Christmas, you know, we wouldn't do a hard lockdown. So we hadn't really had time to work on the car together, you know, and we'd come over and chat and, and catch up. So I think we were, I was here the day he was talking about earlier when they were playing bingo. And we were all, he was on live talking to some guys like, oh, you know, joking about like every time Matt Martin says, you know, I'd never follow, we'll all laugh about it, right? And then throw something in the comments. And that was at like 1500. And then, you know, we did, did a little bit of work on the car, getting ready for the first race. And, you know, two weeks later, it was just, you know, a double, triple. It was nuts. So it's weird. It's kind of fun to, to be able to, you know, to be working around. And you got people in the comments talking and asking questions about the car and, and helping, you know what I mean? Like like the community does. Yeah. Yeah, we've run into issues where yeah. we've been live and been like, I'll go live if I'm having an issue and be like, hey. The car's spitting and sputtering when we give a gas when we let off the idle and fine kind of deal. And you might get 13 different answers, but one of them might work. Yeah. And, and a couple of times now it's just pulled us out of some big messes. So it's a, it's a, it's interesting. You know, I liked, I was really, uh, I was really glad to jump on with that and give me the opportunity to come help out with a race car. Like I always had her since I was a little kid, you know, ripping by the Gary Speedway and the old Enduros and stuff. So, uh, the opportunity is a blast. PJ, can you grab me a, a blue freeze out of the fridge? On the oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. Yes. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess before we dive into BJ, uh, crew chief, Matt, it, any ambitions to maybe get some racing in soon, or are you just going to stay behind the scenes? You know, like, uh, these guys let us buy these cars, and, and it could be an expensive hobby. And, you know, I think my hobby is more or less like – I like the, the idea of racing, but I really like the, the turning wrenches much more. Do you know what I mean? So for me, like getting to the track, you know, Matt get tied up with somebody and some breaks and come up and, and just solving that problem, getting back out, you know, in the lead lap. Like that's what I kind of really enjoy more than the racing itself. Hey, we need crew chiefs behind the scenes, right? Hey, brother. For sure. Denver, uh, we, we got a third guest here all of a sudden. <laughs> we do have a third guest. Uh, what, what are, where do we start? Is it, is it, do we call him Bucket? Uh, what is it? Throttlefoot Jr. Like there, there's so many nicknames here for BJ, but. Uh, uh, Throttlefoot for sure. I, I, I went pretty fast to get here. Well, I imagine you went pretty fast on Sunday because you were among the drivers that pulled a, a double header. Uh, take tell us a little bit about Sunday because you uh, came to Miramichi, you won the heat race. I uh, had had a I guess a, a fun battle in the feature and drove back to second and then uh, loaded up and beat it to Petty Raceway. Yeah, my, my, it was fun to get to Miramichi more than once a year because it's a fun little track. So and to go against some Hondas, that's that's even funner to stay ahead of them. 
So you got to build a fast car to do that, but we just driving fast. So I want to know who won the race down Highway 126 on route to Petty. Which one of you three, Neil, Rob, and yourself, who won the race down the 126? Well, Rob, Rob was gone before we got out of victory lane. <laughs> but uh, and Neil, Neil, I led Neil the whole way there, and he passed me at the gas station, but. Petty, Petty waited on the green flag for me to get on the track, I guess. But uh, that was a good go if the motor wasn't going south. So uh, motor going south, is there, there going to be any changes before this weekend? There's a big race at Speedway 660, your home track. Are you going to send it or are you going to make some uh, repairs or a change? Yeah, I've got a fresh engine for the 660 now. you got to keep going fast and... Oh, we'll give him a we'll give him a go, starting at the back. But you got to go faster than that guy in the middle because apparently he's uh, he's out to beat you. That's his goal. There's a there's a lot of talk of people wanting to <laughs> want, wanting to beat me and what I got, but really, it's, everybody's got to get something else. I don't know. <laughs> this guy's got to make it through lap traffic first. You know? Yeah, it's gonna be an interesting <laughs> weekend, man. It's gonna be fun. Shit, Joe. <laughs> Tim, I see uh, lots of the comments coming in on social media. I'm gonna let you pick this up for a minute because it's blowing up with uh, the addition of uh, number 69, BJ Gillespie. Yeah, BJ, welcome to the party. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Mark Kingston's looking for a crew chief, by the way. If anybody knows a crew chief that wants to help out a, a pretty damn good bomber driver at that, he's looking for a crew chief. Uh, Riley Harris, uh, Matt wants to know, he saw your colors on a 66 car at the winter demo. What was the story behind that? Uh, the young fella that lives next door, young Tyler, or Maliking there, he uh, he said he wanted to go race, and I was like, find his little five-speed, and he did. He found his little key Rio, and we painted it flat black. We put some Matt Martin blue 66s on it, because 66 is double the trouble of 33, and we loaded her up in the middle of a snowstorm and we pounded her over to Miramichi and I think Tyler finished fifth or sixth. So like really proud of him for his first time going out. And we just like our race and man, it's a bad problem, bad habit. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And like to be able to go over and support Miramichi when there wasn't much going on and to have, have a guy like Barry open that up for us and be able to go over, man, a winter demo that was so friggin' fun. Like, we had such a blast. It was just a good day for it. Just everything about it was just wicked. So thanks to Barry and his crew for putting that on. Uh, they just had a figure eight trailer race. Would that interest you to ever get in a figure eight trailer race? Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> quick quick into the point. I, I like the answer. I'm going to get Paul to try to, to pop up our fantasy picks for the week once again, uh, because this kind of goes into what Brandon Campbell has asked. Uh BJ, Brittany has picked the bucket for this weekend to win the race. Uh, Brandon Campbell wants to know if we ever are going to see the bucket again. Uh, get back to the top of that 69 car. And I'll screw her on this weekend if, uh, if the track allows me to. Sure. I'll, I'll have a little conversation with Donnie. How about that? <laughs> Just for the heat race anyways. That's all <laughs> the bet was for the fellow I got the bucket from. Just one race. And, and I will... You put a bucket on in the and there was a tornado that hit Victory Lane. So I don't know if that was the uh, the the voodoo or whatever you want to call it. But yeah. listen, Tim, I Barry let someone put a trailer hitch on the front of the car and haul it around the trailer race backwards. So I'm pretty sure we would have no problem letting buckets on cars in in Miramichi. 
Yeah. Hey, there you go. I mean, I don't think we're, I don't think we're hauling trailers here this weekend, but I could be wrong. Um, so we might, we might be okay on that. Uh, Brandon Campbell, if he, if I'll fail him in tech, if the bucket doesn't come back. <laughs> so uh, he's only doing pre-tech. So you're, you're, you're fine post-tech. Just put it on when you go out for the feature of Miramichi. Uh, Randy Titus says minus a tra- transponder, ABJ. Yeah, Dwayne just called me for a transponder about <laughs> jumping on the track and Petty and if I gave it back to him. But he just called me and I said I, I had gave it back to one of the track staffs, but hopefully they find it. <laughs> there you go. If you have a question or a comment, we're we're going a little over time tonight, but this has been fun. We've got about, I think, 10, 15 minutes or so left, so be sure to drop us a question or a comment for uh the boys over there uh a stone throw away from where we are right now it's speedway 660 uh dylan denver i'll hand it back to you dylan, wish i could be there know. wish i could be there i mean i'm stuck in nova scotia right now i'm, I'm so jealous i'm hearing all about this racing here on saturday <laughs> uh matt bj i mean you're talking about this big race i guess we'll start with you bj what are your expectations for this upcoming weekend uh stay out of trouble uh hopefully there's a lot of green flag laps really because it's no fun when you get a caution every lap. So, so if everybody keeps on the track, it'll be a good rate. So for someone watching who may have no idea what you're talking about, that first sharpshooter race was kind of a rough one with a lot of yellow flags. What happened during that race? Well, I've seen a lot of the pace track really. I'm <laughs> seen as a, uh, <laughs> side mirror light come on quite a few times there i was i was trying to pass the pace track quite a bit but there was just I, a lot of rookies i guess a lot of new people starting this year and they uh i don't know uh i would say it, we, got, we got some teachings that needs to be done yeah we'll answer it yeah answer yeah and, if, and man like to any of the rookie drivers watching if you guys have questions don't hesitate to come over and ask us if you have a question at the track like you think it's going to improve your day? Come over and ask. That's what it's all about. So, do you think that's what it is, boys? That just the rookies are maybe a little shy to go talk to a, a veteran driver and say, "Hey, how do you really get around here? How do I avoid spinning out? How do I avoid even just getting in the turn too hot?" Well, it is a beginner class. They say it is, or, or yeah, it's supposed to be a beginner <laughs> class. So we got to give the beginners some credit for wanting to get out there. So. Listen, my first time in a four-cylinder, I slammed the wall of Mary Machine coming out of four. I can't say anything to anybody. Like, you, you got to get in. You got to get in. And I like, and part of my heart's like, hey, Matt, they got to get in the car and they got to get some laughs. And then the other part where me and BJ are out front, and we're like, hey, you guys really need to pull your stuff together because we got some stuff to do here. Like, like racing. <laughs> and, at, like, it didn't happen. Like, it was just really frustrating so hopefully we can like i know everyone's saying we got to come from the middle because we got to start in front of the rookies or whatever but boys that's that's a challenge i'm willing to take up three wide into one baby that's what i'm saying i mean there was a lot of rookies in that race there was more rookies than regular drivers so i mean i i don't think it'll be out you know you can't you don't see that all the time right having having one two three rookies is so bad but i mean that was different right it was so i think you know, guys, guys learn. It is what it is, right? But I think it's great that we have that car cam. Yeah. Like, like, there's, just gonna like, say. Like there's so many, there's so many goods and I'm not going to call them bad. It's not that it's a bad thing. It's just, there's 
there's really good things that are coming out of it. Our numbers are going up. And we're going to have guys like young Steven Rose that's in the car right now. Like, that kid's only 14. And if you watch his practice laps, he actually does an immaculate job handling them turns and stuff and getting back into the throttle and just – so, like, there's the – people forget that it's it's more than just hopping in and driving. Like, you have – like, you got to get a feel for the track. You got to get used to what's – what's going to be good for you. Like if you're not used to running with a pack of cars, it can get in a little nerve wracking too. Right. So there, there's a couple different factors that go into it. So let's talk about big threats besides you two, BJ and Matt uh, for this weekend, another driver in the sharpshooter division, who should the fans keep an eye on? Who do you think is going to be battling up front with you? Darren Wilcox. Yeah. He found something in Petty. He's yeah. awful fast, but uh... Dan Adio's quick too. The Randy Titus, yeah, and Titus and the old Lightning seventy five yeah, machine. You always see that Lightning machine. The only dodge, the only dodge out there is yeah. pretty quick. Yeah, Randy's really. Uh, I don't know what he found in that little car, but he's found something his last four or five races. He's done really well with it. So uh, you definitely got to give credit where it's due in our division too. Like when when guys are doing good, you got to give them that pop up, man. Like and and Randy's been at it a long time too. So for him to start having some good runs, although. I'm sorry, Randy, for carrying you halfway up the backstretch on the season opener. <laughs> Denver, we got some heavy hitters, it sounds like, for the sharpshooter race. Well, I'm really excited for this one, Dylan, and it's going to be a, definitely a blast. Um, and, you know, this is just the start of the season, boys. Uh, you know, you look down the schedule, there's, you know, the gunslinger. Uh, speed weekend there's some big races coming up and i know bj the gunslinger for you maybe last year was uh you know you, we talked about races that got away that might be one that got away from you uh what are you guys looking forward to with those big races coming down the pipeline a lot more patience <laughs> yeah the flag man will let you know how many laps are left i guess to give me more patience but it's uh you just gotta be there what about you, Matt? Patience. I just, uh, I like the big, myself personally, I like the big races because I can like plan it out a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like, especially where we got all these rookies. It's, baby, it's my favorite. It makes you think. You got to think on your go. And man, I'll tell you right now, if we get four or five laps straight going green, it's going to be lead path cars just Passing and picking off friggin' lap cars, and it's my favorite, and I can't friggin' wait. I think that's kind of what stands out to me from the uh, Saturday show at Speed Weekend last year. And there was like 30 cars they started, and by about the fifth lap, um, uh, you know, you had the Hondas, you had the sharpshooter cars battling for the lead, and you guys were going three, four, five. I don't know. I think there was there was five wide at one point working through the lap traffic, and it was it was really incredible to watch. And uh, you know, as the car counts grow this year and you know they're expecting over 30 cars i'm sure we will see that again but uh, you know what's it like being in the car working through all that lap traffic when you know it's it's kind of like rush hour on a highway but uh, except you're going a lot faster like you're going on your first date and she already told you you were getting kissed i don't know how to explain that anymore but that's exactly what it's like going through lap traffic you got to get there and you got to make the point happen that's it (laughs) 
Um, uh, Matt, I w- kind of want to ask you, you know, we you touched about the street stock, uh, the Ricky Bobby race last year that we talked about big races that has really taking on a life of, of its own at Speedway 660. And you got to be a part of that last year. Uh, what did that mean to be a part of that uh, Ricky Bobby 150? Uh, that was really cool. Uh, I, I get to learn a lot personally as a driver. Like I said, I've learned things in the street stock that I've been able to take over to the four cylinder. And I've had a lot of people be like, you either got to pick one or the other, but I don't want to. I want to do both of them. I'm going to do both of them. I don't have a lot of fun with it. That's what it's all about. Eh? It's all about having that fun. And um, me and, I cannot express how much fun me and BJ have on Saturday. I don't know, but I'm speaking for myself. I, I don't know. Maybe BJ doesn't have fun. Maybe I'm the only one having fun. I don't know. <laughs> I have a goddamn blast on my race day, like, and I know BJ's going to be there. And me and BJ got our little thing that we do. We're going shaking bait to the front. So, like, it, it's just my favorite thing in the world, man. I love my race, and I love having, like, you, like, you have that one friend that you can go out on the track with, and, like, you guys do good together. Man, me and BJ have finished one, two more times than I can shake the stick at. I don't know how many times we celebrated trophies together. Like, that's – it's just a fun thing to do with your friends, man. Go win trophies and go home and go back to the shop and celebrate it. It's just, again, the friendship, the camaraderie, the the – the good times of the track, man, you just can't beat it. And like having the fan following that I've got off of TikTok, and like, like I said, I've got 15 or 20 new people that are coming to the racetrack this weekend that have never been to the racetrack before. And I'm not like, it's not looking for credit or anything like that, man. I love racing. And the only way to save racing in the land of Canada is to tell your friends, make sure your cousin's coming from wherever like Bucktoosh or wherever they're coming from make sure they come to the track like if they're coming down for a barbecue take them to the track too like just it's so much fun and the first time you get to see someone get a little bit of Matt Martin blue you're hooked I'm gonna throw it over to Tim for a last call on social Tim uh, how you making out there in the tower yeah, we've, uh, we're going to do our last call on social media. Randy Titus says, LOL, all good. I'm used to being bumped around, Matt. In all fairness, I kept it straight and didn't spin either one of us out, so I sort of give myself a pat on the back on that one. That's called talent. <laughs> all right, well, maybe I'm starting to get some of that then. Well, I, I think you have a little bit. Between, between the two of you in the driver's seat sitting there, I, I think there's a little bit of talent there. But once again, last call on social. Uh, it's starting to get a little bit late here in the tower. So uh, uh, drop us a question, drop us a comment in the next couple of moments. And I will remind you as well that if you missed tonight's show or you want to go back and relive it, obviously you can on Facebook with the video, but we're also on your favorite podcast platform. That'll be up tomorrow at some point because it's on the long laundry list of things to do here at, uh, at Speedway 660. So uh, boys, back to you. Uh, we'll uh, give these uh, folks in social media a couple more moments, and then uh, we'll uh, we'll start wrapping. Dylan, before I go any further, anything you would like to uh, add to the conversation? Any questions you'd like to ask for these two uh, as we head into the uh, Saturday night show at Speedway 660? Um, yeah, I want to ask something about Matt. I know it could be a little bit of a touchy subject. Uh, it's about street stock racing, but it's what you did last year at Petty. I remember during the Mike Stevens weekend, when you, you donned the 71 number for your friend, Chris Hanley, how special was that for you? Uh, I, I don't think a lot of people understood how tight me and Chris were getting at the track. Uh, he's most the reason I wanted to turn into a wagon. Cause I kept joking. I was like, man, that'd be so cool if I got to beat you in a wagon. And, like, we just kept joking about me beating him in a wagon. I was like, one of these times my wagon's just going to come up and you're just going to get Matt Martin blued. And, uh, yeah, like, and, like, 
I was, it was, it was really an honor to be able to go out and just to have his number down there. Really. Uh, we went down right after he had passed and we did some really greasy burnouts, me and his dad out in the street with Darren Wilcox. And we just burned $2,000 worth of tires down. It was a really, really cool memorial. Uh, crew chief Matt was down there with us. It was, uh, man, I can't, uh, if you didn't know Chris Hanley, I can't tell you what a kind hearted soul that fellow was, man. Like he was, uh, like one of the best at the track, man. He'd give you his left leg if you needed it to make sure that you were going out on that track. But like he'd do everything in his power to make sure that you made it out on the track or best of his knowledge, whatever, man. And just, just the kindest hearted soul you'd ever meet in your life. Like quiet kept to himself and he's, uh, he's definitely missed at the track every weekend and no different than Ricky Bobby and us being able to celebrate, uh, Ricky Bobby with Ricky Bobby 150, man. He was, he was such a big influence on the track through every division, not just the four cylinder division or whatever. And even young Ricky, like he's, he's had a big impact on the track as well. Like he's been in the picture for so long and uh, we, we miss everyone at the track. It's not there anymore. And uh, hopefully all the families are doing well and hopefully everyone's, uh, hopefully everyone's getting back to the track. Uh, Jonathan actually came back in the 71. Um, really exciting, man. That's uh it's great to see that racing family. And again, I can't preach racing family enough. They're a racing family, and they knew that Chris would want them back to the track. And uh, I wasn't sure if they were going to or not, but Mike loaded it on, and they, uh, Mike and Jonathan both put the car down and practiced it, and they were comfortable with it. And just to see Steve and Lisa and just everybody at the track again was just just it's just good to see everyone back to the track enjoying what they love even though we don't have the big guy with us the big guy's looking down and keeping everyone safe so it's uh yeah i was real honored to be able to do that and uh just uh show some respect for our big buddy for sure so we're gonna start to wrap this up now um uh darn I know, I know. Tim said, listen, if you can convince Tim Terry to stick around, we can keep going. But I'm Tim six minutes actually, from Tim Terry. I might just hop in the truck and go down and hang out. I think, I, yeah, Tim I actually, needs some blue freezes, I think. I actually just had a visit from Max Roy. He was telling me where I was staying. So I think we're good to go on that. He said we can go a little bit longer, but uh, look at that. Uh, I don't have my camera on, but Kayla Burkhardt actually gave me a uh, koozie earlier tonight. So BJ, do you have any of those uh, left over? Because I mean, I could I could use one of those this weekend. I sure do. Press, press <laughs> off the press. They're they're quality. They keep your drink and beverages mighty fine cold. It's it stays right in the truck because you never know what kind of situation you're going to get darts and beer holder in the truck at all times. <laughs> there, there. So does it come with the blue freeze? Green, orange, or blue? Uh, sometimes BJ brings them. Sometimes he doesn't. It just depends on the evening, really. And, and it doesn't—it doesn't matter what color BJ is. Lo as long as it's got that sixty-nine on it, I think we're good to go, right? Yeah, perfect. Crew chief makes them. I, I want to <laughs> ask you, Matt, about the short track nation stuff because I, I know my I, this COVID deal hasn't been very kind to, to my uh, uh, complex figure, so mine's a little bit small. But tell the folks about the short track nation stuff. Uh. I started the short track nation thing and I just, again, I just want to get the word out about racing in Atlanta, Canada again. And 
for guys down in the States, my good friend, Joe Chariot, he's watching from the States, uh, older gentleman down there. He drives a, a, a open wheel modified cart that does like hundred mile an hour, like this crazy little unit. Anyways, I've, I've grabbed this fan base all over and over the winter, I was able to keep busy with my clothing line and just, it really just took off again. So, uh, Message me your size, Tim Terry, and I'll I'll get you a T-shirt for the weekend. Uh, fairly big, uh, tent size is probably the best. I, I think I think I'm still. <laughs> Listen, all jokes aside about the weight thing, I went to put on my race suit this summer, and like at one point I was going to ask Crew Chief Matt to come over and help me pull them up, and I ended up cutting the zip ties that I had holding my Velcro together because my Velcro was unvelcroed and everything just didn't fit. So. Uh, the winter was rough to everybody, buddy. So don't take her to hurt. Uh, I I hear you. We got a we got a TCM shirt. We can probably trade you on on Saturday. By the way, for those that are, are watching, we have the TCM shirts here at Speedway 660. They'll be in the office on Saturday. So if you want to uh, get one of those uh, Tim's Corner 10th anniversary shirts, you can uh, do so on the weekend. But uh, yeah, this has been fun. Uh, Brandon Campbell. So if I wanted to come down and get one right now, is that a possibility? <laughs> Uh, I don't know where, I think they're locked in the office. So that's probably a no, um, unless you can find a key. I think Max and them were getting ready to go to bed. So I, I think that's probably why he was up here asked, telling me where I'm going after, after tonight. So uh, I think I'll, I'll get one on race day. They, they, them shirts put you in victory lane, don't they? Absolutely. They do. Uh, yeah. but you, you know what? I'm sure we're going to have a party at some point, boys. Cause I'm locked up here until I, by the sounds of it, Dylan, it's Wednesday, next Wednesday. Is that what we're being told? june 30th unless we change our mind again yeah we could change our mind in five hours and not be able to go back across the border but love the nova scotia government by the way uh yeah yeah they're doing a great job right now standing out but yeah just a great bunch yeah and by the way uh jason pickles did message me a little bit earlier on that uh he's coming up he's he's coming up for work he's coming to speedway 660 for the first time he races a four-cylinder car at scotia speed world and i told him i said you may as well hop a microphone and come join me on the uh, on the call so uh, excited to have Jason Pickles come up and uh, be a part of the show as well. So uh, once again, this this has been fun, boys. Uh, since I'm up here until Wednesday, I'm sure there's going to be a, a party or two and a couple of blue, blue freezes being drank. But uh, this, sure, has been, sure yeah, <laughs> this has been an absolute blast. Uh, uh, Denver, Dylan, I'll, I'll leave it to you to uh, end, end this one off. And uh, actually, well, Paul, I see Paul already has it on the screen. We want to thank our marketing partners for being a part of this evening's event and, and all the uh, stuff that we do here on Tim's Corner Motorsports. I want to remind you as well that coming up on Saturday, we do not have live video. We are planning on having live audio. So if you want to listen from home and you cannot be at the racetrack, timscorner.ca slash listen live. The best way to uh, live this event coming up on Saturday is to be at Speedway 660. But if you're locked out of the province or can't get in or have to go back and quarantine or what have you, you can do so. And you can find the video on demand uh, coming up on timscorner.tv beginning on a Sunday. Uh, boys, this has been fun. I uh, want to thank everybody for being a part of this. Uh, we're going to go drink some blue freezes. I'm out of beer. I got to go find a place to stay. Uh, Denver, Dylan, this has been a blast. Denver, we will see you on the weekend. Dylan, uh, We'll see you when we see you. Maybe next Wednesday. Maybe. I haven't seen you since the winter, Tim. We need to hug each other. We got a vaccine each. We're good. Yep. Uh, Scotia Speed World's opening July 2nd. So hopefully we can get down there and have some fun with that. I uh, want to thank Paul Strickland Jr. For, from Vidane TV for uh, putting this show on. This has been great. want to thank Tyson Donovan and, of course, uh, Riley Harris for uh, being a part of the show from Speedway Mayor Machine. That's going to do it. I uh, want to thank everybody for being a part of it. Matt, BJ, uh, Matt, the boys, everybody over there. 
Uh, my name is Tim Terry. We'll see you Saturday night when we say let's go racing at Speedway 660. Until then, keep the hammer down. We'll see you at the track.